It's a podcast. We're back. Like it or not. That's you say Ooh, like okay. it or not. That's a different podcast. This is dialogue. Is that choices. a podcast? Yeah. Or it used I to be. No anyway. I guess every phrase is a podcast. <laughs> They're so easy to make. Every phrase in a podcast is a good name for a podcast. Nowadays, like the, the idea, real challenge, especially, is if you try to make any kind of D&D or gaming podcast, and you have to come up with, like, another phrase that comes up in gaming that isn't taken already. Like, <laughs> a, a dexterity throw, or a critical roll, or uh, mana potion. <laughs> like, it's just, like, every single fucking up is, like, every fucking phrase you can think of is, like, probably already a podcast, including ours. Up is not jump is a good term is a good one. I like that. I didn't. I, I don't know about the podcast, but the the title. That's a good one. Yeah, I thought about that for a second, but I'm like, wait, up is not jump is a, a YouTuber. I don't. I don't think there's a podcast. <laughs> well, it's the same principle though. Like, yeah. Uh, I I know of I I do like I do like long names in YouTube channels, but they're terrible for search engine optimization. Things like dang, that's a long name, or. <laughs> Uh, oh, Dang. my name's not Lily. My name's not Lily. Although that one is, I don't remember. It's it, just channels that I've seen over the years. Back in my day, we'd just be like IL7HB7. Neat, dude. Let's just open with our final remaining question. Uh, for streaming yeah, and recording games on your channel, which are you, which are you most comfortable with? Owning a copy of the game or using a game from a subscription service? Ooh. What? I'm not really sure why anyone would ever say the second one, so I'm not really sure what, they, what the question <laughs> means, to be honest. Like, I felt like I... there was a, a goal, but I don't get it. Of course I want to just own the game. If you have a subscription service, you can literally just lose your internet and then be kicked out of the game. Especially since a lot of the time the subscription services often mean uh, that you're streaming it. Mm-hmm. Although I guess uh. the examples EA Play, Xbox Game Pass, you play, Ubisoft Plus. I don't know. I guess yeah, the truth the is I don't have a single one of those, so I don't know. I Same. have one subscription service, which is Humble Bundle, which you own. You own them. <laughs> they just give you the games every month, and it's not like PlayStation Plus bullshit where it's like you lose them if you unsubscribe. It's like, no, you just get a pack of games every month, which is the best version of that. Everyone else is shittier and worse. Fuck them. I guess. Yep. I I'm really I really don't like subscription for games. I understand the appeal, but like, I, I it probably works for, better for for young for a younger audience because like I, in uh, actually you know what for a younger for a young kid, subscription service is probably a great deal because you're not paying that much and you can play whatever you like. You can first off develop your your taste in gaming. And the thing is, what you play when you're 15 is not going to be the same thing most of the time. It's not going to be the same thing that you play later on in life. So, like for example, I've been hardcore buying games only since I was 20, maybe 20, no, actually a little bit earlier than that. 19. Yeah, but only since I started actually being able to make money. And if I had if that was from before, I would have a bunch of games that well, I wouldn't have that many games because I'm I don't have that much money. But uh, if I, you know, the games that I played when I was a kid, it is, I I don't care for them. But the games that I buy that I've bought over the years as an adult, that's you know, it's good. It's good to have them. And the thing about keeping them over the 
for for prosperity as it were i think that that's that's a really good value because the subscription just irks me because you pay so much money it's not cheap I mean, even 10 bucks a month it's it's uh, 120 bucks a year that's a lot of money you know it's a uh... It's money that where you don't get to keep the games if you ever leave. And then, like, for me, what, what, what it always stands out to me is that every subscription service is built around the idea that you're not really going to get the value out of it that you would otherwise, but they will. So yeah. it's built around the idea that you're probably not that much of a power user, like not you individually necessarily, but just like collectively, people aren't really power users. They're not really going to be like, really active and totally downloading the fuck out of everything and so on but they will like maybe just forget to unsubscribe for a few years <laughs> and just like keep giving them money while they don't actually have to uh, give them value in return like that's kind of the entire reason subscription models are so popular as a concept is because people just kind of subscribe and then you get stable income it's like why it's i mean it's, it's like the it's it's in, in some ways it's along the lines of like patreon support and stuff like that like it's just like mm -hmm. it's really consistent as opposed to other things like like the, the only reason why and like everything's a monetization strategy but like yeah like the every pretty much every mmo has that approach because like they could try to sell you things piecemeal collectively all the time and so on but just having a subscription as a reliable consistent thing and then just trying to keep keep you thinking it's worth it enough to not unsubscribe like that's pretty much just like the baseline that they have to go for. Yeah, uh, the, the, like I don't, I don't know if a lot of people have this perception, but especially over the last, well, since Netflix came around and started really <clears throat> sort of up, upending the market, their market anyway, more and more companies, more and more stock, uh, stock selling companies specifically, but not just them, more and more companies focus specifically on recurrent revenue. Um, that's like the specific term that a lot of them use and to the point where their goals are based on how much recurrent revenue they can gather. So for example, if a company like Microsoft, they sell Windows licenses, it is very likely that Microsoft doesn't even care for their goals about how, how, how much, how many Windows licenses they sell. What they care is licensing. Like oh, when I say licensing, I mean, it was, was they care, what they care is that HP pays them a certain amount of millions per year to be able to sell Windows with their computers. What they care is that people have their Xbox uh, Game Pass or that they pay the Xbox subscription thing that you have to pay to have access to the internet on your Xbox. That's all they care about. And the reason for that is because it's a lot easier to convince your, your, uh, your, uh, uh, the people who have your stocks, what is it called? I keep forgetting that particular term. Stockholders, stakeholders. Anyway, yeah, stakeholders is the correct term. But it's a lot easier to convince them that you're going to be good and you're going to be safe uh, and your 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 stock is going to keep uh, next year or wh whenever. If you, if you say, okay, this is our recurring revenue and our churn is this. The churn is the term that they use for people who stop basically paying the revenue. And they can see year over year trends and all that, and so it's very easy for them to to convince the investors with that. If you just say, if you just say, oh, this year we sold GTA, yeah, GTA Five is a good example. Imagine GTA Five comes out and it doesn't have all the predatory microtransactions things that it has. For Rockstar, it's it's good. They say, oh, look, we made this game that was really well received, and the the investors are like, okay, they made this game that was really well received. 
I don't know why it was well received. I don't know what kind of game it is. I don't even play games. I don't know anything about this. Yeah, maybe they're going to make another good game that's going to be well received next year. But they see other companies be really bitten in the butt while doing that. They see things like Anthem and they see even Electronic Arts and, and, and Bio... Uh, not Bioware. Also Bioware, but um, Ubisoft. Uh, they see them also struggle with new with new games being badly received and just being cash dumps and, and just not going anywhere. And, and they feel threatened by that. But if Rockstar comes, comes around and says, we have this much amount of people playing the game and they're paying this, this, they're, they're paying this much amount <clears throat> every year or every month and we predict this uprise, we have plans to make more people play because we're going to release this. They have plans. That's why Rockstar is just GTA 6 right now. It's not really, but still. GTA 6 is the... Or sorry, GTA 5, I should say. It's the it's vast majority of their portfolio in terms of money because it is recurrent. And so I think on the one hand, sure, yeah, we can look at it from from the perspective of a of a player. And I just now thought about the, as I said before, as for a kid, <clears throat> excuse me, for a kid, the recurrent the recur the subscription model can be pretty good. I think I think that if I had a kid, uh, I would probably do that because it's just it's probably cheaper. Um, and also better to play. But um, but the real reason why they're pushing that is not for usage reasons. It isn't to... It isn't because people benefit or because it's easier. It's because they are... It, they're just... It's easier to convince their investors that I'm going to get this much money next year. Yeah, there was True. a... Usually it's just a top-down request or <laughs> demand from the mm -hmm. uh, higher levels of the company that then they just then just kind of have to follow through with mm. yeah and but but it's really toxic all around multiple industries the the recurrent revenue model is is everywhere now and it's it's like it's the future as it were it's the present already but it's definitely always going to be that and that's yeah. why like i i don't know to what extent that is the reason why um during the 2000s, there was so much of a push, a push for multiplayer games. Um, it might be related to that, but it, that at least that was a preamble in the gaming industry for that. Like everywhere else we see that. Them trying to be Windows as a service or anything as a service is just... yeah. That's the reason why, why, um, why Netflix became just one of many, many sy sy uh, systems like that. I I don't I don't know I I do use a subscription service. Uh, I have the Xbox subscription one, but I have it because it's more affordable. Yeah. Um, it, I don't it's see more any. Affordable. I don't see any argument why it would ever improve the recording experience. Yeah, I don't see why it would hmm. improve the recording experience, but I can see like why it exists from a personal it's, yeah. perspective. It's like, like owning a uh, game, but with the threat of losing the game, which is great for when you're doing a series. Yeah, <laughs> and there's not like there is no uh, there's no roadmap or no timeline where the company or any company is beholden to telling you when they're removing the license for any game, because obviously that would hinder your sales, right? You would if people knew exactly the the dates when you were losing the licenses to certain stuff, people would be like, oh, well, I guess I'll cancel my subscription when Mortal Kombat leaves or whatever. But um, but that, and that means if you're doing a Let's Play, 
you know and you don't know about it someone could say like by the way in one week we're getting rid of the game you're let's playing you're like shit i'm only two hours into a 60 hour let's play um i guess i better start playing it every day like <laughs> it just yeah that's it, another yeah, thing it wouldn't be great and it's it's i get i but again i understand like say microsoft games don't go away right um so if you want to play halo or something Halo's always going to be there Halo's not going anywhere off of the xbox subscription service so sure there are some value to doing that if you don't want to pay 60 dollars or whatever it costs to to buy all of the microsoft collection rares collection or whatever you can get all of those games for cheaper than it would be to pay for all of them up front um so that's a value i guess but generally speaking any games that you find that are on uh, a subscription service unless their playtime is uh, is like basically under 12 hours or 20 hours uh you'll i guess 20 hours is still a little uh, 20 hours is fine if they're under 20 hours you'll probably be able to get your value out of it before you feel like you don't like uh unpacking is a game that's on the xbox thing and that takes maybe like 10 hours to beat if you're feeling slow about it uh there's a lot of puzzle games on there that don't take nearly as long to beat but you know again they're like 15 to 20 dollar puzzle games so you're you can save a lot of money doing a lot of quick short games than it would be if you were buying each individual one and i can see the value in like starting your career like if you're first starting let's playing it makes way more sense to do whatever you can to save on money um because just the upfront cost of doing it costs a lot already right like well, the if equipment you're gonna, or yeah if, especially if you're only gonna play like the first little bit of a <clears throat> if you're like a, a normal these days let's player where just episode one and two and that's it um then yeah subscription is the better way because you can't afford hundreds of games a month uh otherwise so yeah and the other thing about the subscription model is that if you follow it if you follow new releases, it depends. I don't know how exactly how it works with the Xbox Pass or whatever. Um, but like if there's, oh, this new game has landed. It's like, I don't know. Um, di imagine Dying Light wasn't in the subscription service for whatever reason. And this month, it, it's now. And you make a, an episode of episode one, let's play Dying Light. You get a little bit of a SEO boost because people are looking at it. Uh, you know, because it's being publicized in the, in the, in the subscription service. But if you, I, I don't know the, the, the problem is the value that you get out of it. Sure, it's, it's a value from a, uh, from the perspective of a, uh, from the perspective of, of, if you're really recording a lot of videos and you're playing a lot of short games, then yeah, it is cheaper. It's a lot cheaper. But also, is, does that really work on, on YouTube? Is that really what YouTube wants? In, in terms of audience, I should say. Not YouTube, the algorithm. Uh, you know what I mean? Are you better off making a Let's Play of Oblivion or Skyrim than you are of a puzzle game hmm. that came out? Because I mean, at I least guess, for me, yeah, it, obviously there are going to be SEO uh, values here that are different. I think mm -hmm. there. I think there are games like I, for example, I did Halo Infinite went right when it came out, but that was because I didn't have to pay for it. It was just on uh, the Xbox pass. So I was able to just like, OK, well, I'll just download it. Here we go. Bye. 
Um, and so I didn't have to, you know, I could just play the game as soon as it came out. But there are a lot of other games, you know, like Elden Ring. Like, you can't just play Elden mm-hmm. Ring immediately, right? You'd have to wait until it comes to a, a subscription service, which could take years or whatever. Um, and that works for, like, every game. Uh, unless, it's mm-hmm. a, unless it's published by Microsoft, it's rare that it's going to come out first thing onto the, onto the Game Pass. So, yeah, you'd have to, if you're, if you're trying to quickly build, like, quickly grow a channel, like, speedrun style, you're going to need to be playing all the newest stuff for five episodes and then moving on to the next newest stuff for five episodes. But uh, obviously that doesn't bode well for you financially. Um, if you're not trying to spend a, an ungodly amount of money. But <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. It's, it's weird. I, it's, it's a question that I feel like is very subjective to your own wants. What kind of games are you playing? What kind of channel are you trying to run? What is your goal at the end would determine whether or not there's value in, a, in that? Keith would get zero value out of using a streaming service to to do his channel. Um, I get like maybe twenty five percent value out of it, and I I don't think you would get. I also don't think you'd get any value, Colonel, about doing it. Um, yep. I don't think there. I don't think there's games on there that uh, there uh, by by and large. I do not think there are often games on the streaming service that uh, would be. I guess would come out fast enough or even be worth it compared to like the cost of just buying the game. Um, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. That's just the way I see it. But, uh, but that can, again, that I feel like that just changes. it such a, uh, such a circumstantial type of question. So. I, I just don't mm-hmm. like the incentive structure that it creates. What? The, uh, I, I guess it's just, I, I mean, no, too it's bad. The, I'm it's talking the about future. The, uh, sure, but we're here to we're here to talk about things. The uh, oh, I know the, the very idea of a subscription service, and like if it becomes profitable or even like the core profit of a platform, the incentive then becomes to primarily launch things on that subscription service. So then you have to subscribe to play the game. Like if they mm-hmm. if they if the math comes out that it's more profitable to put it on the subscription service than it is to sell it as a retail product then that you start tipping into over like oh now it's just like hey our company puts out games on a subscription service period you just have to subscribe to this thing that you probably will then like forget about unsubscribing from and so on and like that's like that becomes their model more so than just launching games normally and then it becomes like fucking like modern tv but for video games where you're like oh fuck i'm juggling like four subscription services and it's like not even because it's like the added value of like they get special game bundles but like it's literally the only way to play certain games and like do i want to cancel or is another game coming out next month that i can also only play on this service and it's just like eh. you save a lot of money yeah, i've found because a lot of us like made the mistake in early days of steam of like oh my god bundles look at them go like you save a lot of money if you just uh, only buy a game you're about to play right now and it literally just all ignore all sales and offers of yeah. value <laughs> that you're that are advertised at you like I just I stopped know. paying attention to summer sale on Steam altogether, for example. And it's just like, no, nah, if, if, if I'm going to play a game today, then I buy it that day, basically. And if I'm not going to yeah. play a game right now. I just don't buy games and like that saves a lot of money. <laughs> compared yeah, that's to that's what that's just what I use Humble Bundle hunting. for. Humble Bundle takes care of the like sale buys or whatever in, impulse that mm-hmm. I would have. It's just yeah. like 
every time I feel like oh, I'm gonna go check what Steam sales like no I'm actually just gonna go to Humble Bundle and check what games I haven't uh I haven't uh gone and put into my account yet and I'm like oh look I just got Borderlands 3 oh thanks okay cool <laughs> like I don't I don't know it, I guess it depends on oh sorry I interrupted you no that's that's it. just like that it, I don't know it's the same with like uh Epic I have I have like I think 138 games on the Epic store and I bought five of them the rest are just free games they kept giving me and so i just have a bunch of games on there but that's like the only time mm -hmm. i ever go on epic stores just to be like oh there's yeah. a free game this month or this week how many games right. do i have on epic i just yeah. i have so many free games that they just keep giving me and it's just baffling guess, to me i'm like what who's who needs I guess the steam sale <laughs> like yeah, exactly yeah i guess it depends on your backlog like if you're i'm the kind of player that i had um for whatever reason i i uh, there were a few years where I just wasn't playing the games that I kind of wanted to play. Bioware games being one of them, uh, or some of them, uh, like Mass Effect. Um, oh, what the fuck? Uh, I have Mass 11 Effect pages 3. of games. I'm not even going to check how many of that. Oh, 256. Yeah. What the fuck? Oh, how many of those did you buy? Uh, Probably like four. I think I bought there four. You <laughs> I bought Satisfactory, Ashen, and... uh outer worlds and wilds mm. those are the main ones that come to mind <laughs> jesus uh, the, the thing about me is that because oh, there's so many there's so many old games that i i say old games but older games that i haven't played <clears throat> things that just have stuck over the years in people's memories and i'm like oh i still need to get around to that game like anytime i see a sale of the of that sort of games i grab them and in like I'm playing Dishonored 2. I bought it. I don't know when I bought Dishonored 2, but I know I bought it for really cheap. And I know it's. It, I bought it for cheaper. Well, actually, I don't know for a fact that I bought it for cheaper than it is right now because I didn't check what it is right now. But the point is, it, if you're the kind of player that does go through your backlog uh, and and pay attention, and if you pay attention to to sales of those games, even if, even if you're not going to play them right away, then, yeah, I think maybe paying attention to... to um, Steam sales are is a good thing. The thing for me is that most of my I already own all of my backlog. It depends <laughs> so on how sales... aspirational you are, like how much you're yeah. the type of person that's prone to adding five hundred things to your list on Netflix. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I totally mean to get to all these <laughs> things. I'm always hearing that I should watch or whatever the fuck. Like, like my like my to do list of games is fucking absurd. And there's games that I've multiple times been like, yeah, I might play that next week, and then ten years pass. Uh, so, mm -hmm. like, that's dangerous. Just being like, yeah, I've always meant to get to play that. I should buy it. Like, I should buy Shadow Man HD or whatever. It's like, yeah, but will you actually play it? Or are you going to keep on the other... thinking about playing it forever? But there's 50 other things competing with it every time. But on the other hand, you're also supporting the developers of games that you're interested in. So, like, for sure, it is a matter of, of, um, of, matter of saving money if you're not going to play the games. But... Like, sometimes you have, like, ah, I really wish I had time to play that. I'm just going to buy it to support the developers. Sure, Especially but you're, you're, you're also throwing away, like, hundreds of dollars <laughs> aspirationally for games you might even not turn out to like if you yeah, actually play true, them. that's true. And also, you're talking about games that you've meant to get around to forever. There's a significant chance that those games don't really have the money going to the developer anymore anyway. 
Oh yeah, for sure. A lot of them are HD re-releases by a third party made 20 years later or whatever the fuck. Or like everyone Mm -hmm. who worked on the game originally doesn't work there anymore. And it's like a EA amalgam or something like Mm -hmm. if the game's more than five years old, then I don't know if you really are supporting the developer unless that developer is like the people that make Samorost (laughs) and Machinarium (laughs) or the uh, strange lands and, uh, uh, the other one. <laughs> I don't point actually, click, point, oh, this, I know. That's like point click adventure people that that, pro- mm-hmm. that are probably still the same company. Cyan yeah. seems to still be Cyan. Oh, that's, no, that's dodgy. Actually, no, half of the things related to Mist don't have the money go to Cyan. Or maybe they do now. Actually, I think they bought them back. I don't know. I have two seventy seven. How the fuck do you tell who money goes to? Good luck. The idea oh, of supporting developers yeah. that aren't just like an indie company that's completely continuous with who they were when they made the game, and it's only been like three years. Chokes on. It them. turns I'll out I'm, I have two hundred. I have two hundred and seventy seven games on on uh, <laughs> Epic. <laughs> it's a total crap to just whenever you happen to remember to maybe open it that week. <laughs> No, I I remember it all. It's uh, they they have succeeded in in training me properly to oh, go and no. check their. Uh... But the thing is, I don't check what's like. I don't check the sales because <laughs> I know no, what I games don't, I want to buy. I don't look buy. at the store at all. Yeah, you're just missing they're out. Just missing out. Are we though? <laughs> no, no, you're not. Uh, that's the thing. Is it's all just it's all just to make you feel like there's a sense of urgency, like you need to um mm-hmm. like you need to buy things now that's all what sales are they're just mm-hmm. another marketing trick but hey why not right no i think uh i think that's what keith was talking about the fact that you know you don't want to support something where like the future uh could obviously turn into like if you want to play these games you have to subscribe but like I don't know, man. Microsoft sure seems to be buying a lot of game companies. That would be really yep. crucial if you couldn't it's, play can't them. Can't help but think that Game Pass is part of why they're affording so many of your favorite companies now, and are probably going oh, to that frankly it, make the industry worse in like five years. It definitely yeah. is. It oh, definitely it's they're, is. They're, Microsoft has not been shy. They're not. They've mm-hmm. never at one point yeah. uh, hidden away from the idea yeah. that their goal here is to create a library. That is basically just that where it's like you want to play your favorite games you have to have game pass like that's been their goal the whole time and people just cheer for it that's what they want it's because people are like yeah i have an xbox and i want that absolutely i don't want to pay for a game ever again and you're like oh boy let me tell you how math works because it's not gonna be great (laughs) (laughs) and the history of microsoft's influence on the gaming industry i can't Mm -hmm. wait till microsoft just decides they don't want game pass anymore and then games just stop being available because they didn't want to release them on the store but here's oh, man, a question. I, they would never do that with like halo 5 <laughs> like, here's the question it just a monopolistic... people just cheer <laughs> <laughs> yeah but what would be better I, yeah. a, scenario, um, a future where a monopolistic company controls the entire gaming scene and requires you to pay a subscription model to have the, to play the games or multiple different consoles that ultimately are just the same machine but from different brands with that require you to buy different machines to play different games uh well Which neither is the... i would per- i would honestly prefer if we stopped playing uh stupid games uh with stuff like that <laughs> and if we just we all just admit that consoles are just computers and they're not they're yeah. not like they're not these unique special snowflake computers 
uh, they're just computers with very specific hardware. But they're not like, oh, but this is only Xbox architectures. Like, no, shut the fuck up. It's a motherboard with RAM and a GPU, and it's all made by companies you can buy today right on the store shelves. The difference is that when you make an Xbox, you tell every developer, here's the RAM, here's the GPU, here's the motherboard. It won't change. Make a game for that. It's just consistent, but it's not unique, right? It's not like Sony invented mm-hmm. a motherboard. They didn't wake up one day and were like, oh shit, but also, I did it. Like, Let's be honest. Like, Well, maybe let's be honest is an overreach on my part. But I'm pretty sure mo- the vast majority of developers don't optimize for, for the hardware. Uh, like, what? I'm yeah, pretty they sure do. they're Absolutely. just develop- there, I, I'm like maybe. I was gonna maybe say the testing... like we're, we're in the middle of a big release of a game that noticeably runs better on consoles than the computer. Yeah, yeah. I have Elden Ring for both Xbox because... and PC, and Elden, Ru- Elden Ring runs because... amazing on Xbox. You don't think a game <laughs> it... runs better because it was optimized? No, I don't think it is because the P- the PC changes. I don't think it was. Um... How should I put, like it's not because oh they have to optimize for many different PC types like that that used to be not an issue when games were like when 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 you made a Nintendo game and you had to know the internal architecture of the bugs of the Nintendo system to like to make it look nice for example Mario running on the, the a weird clock because oh they, they, like back in the day they would they would like be really deep in the in the hardware of of the their games if they wanted to make their games stand out. Uh, and and I think this that was still the case up until easily up until PlayStation Three uh, generation, uh, and possibly even PlayStation Four. But these days, it's so easy to make games look good on on um, on meager hardware. Really, the th- the 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 difficulty of leveraging the 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 hardware of a console or a PC it doesn't matter. The difficulty is not so much as oh I did this arg- algorithm that displays the enemies in this fashion and now it's lighter. No, it's oh I really wanted the game to look better, so I upped the 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 quality of this particular shader. So like it's just a matter of sure it, it is a matter of optimizing in the end, but it isn't in the same way that it used to be where they really went down into the hardware. And uh, like well, it's not it's it's not so much that you need to have the like knowledge of what chip is inside of your motherboard it's more mm-hmm. you need to know what your 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 highest and lowest limits are right you want to know mm-hmm. how hard can you like what is the highest you can push a game before it starts causing problems for a system and mm-hmm. you obviously that's a lot harder to do when you can take a the, the spectrum for pc is just so ginormous you have people with two graphics cards that are liquid cooled and they have like 250 gigabytes of RAM and 13 fucking hard drives on one end. And then you have someone who's like, hi, I found a computer in the dumpster and I put Jello in it <laughs> and it's running. And like, it just, and they just want to play a game. And how do you optimize a game for that? You can say like, okay, well, I have minimum spec- specification requirements. They like, but if you look at Elden Rings, Elden Rings is fine. Like you could, you can run Elden Ring on basically a PC from like the, the CPU, last five years, but you the can't. CPU is actually you literally high cannot run. Yeah, but is the it? CPU is is yeah. It is like a, I think it's an eighty six hundred K, and uh, that's the Intel version. And the AMD, it's like a thirty six hundred, a Ryzen thirty six hundred. It's pretty high. Like my um, 
I think it, is it a Ryzen thirty six hundred? I don't know. Let me let me speak with knowledge. <laughs> so system requirements here: the minimum is an Intel Core i 5 8400 or AMD Ryzen 84. 3 3300 X. Thirty three. Okay, so it's not a thirty six. You're you're not but asking the much recommended, here. This is this the is recommended like an, is a thirty six. Yeah, but this is still these like, are new. This, like the thirty six, the thirty three X. Like if you have a, a if you have an Intel from like if it's a six hundred, uh, it's six thousand Intel. The thirty three hundred X beats it in terms of of uh, hardware. Like I know it's always I have an i seven from five years ago or whatever the seventh generation was. You can, yeah, but the you new can literally the CPUs are you can you can buy an i five, uh, for cheaper. Like you can buy an i five for like two hundred bucks. Yeah, but like in comparison, it's not 200 bucks is a lot of money just for one uh, part of a computer. No, you can get a console for 400. I mean, you should be able to get a console for 400. Well, we're talking, we're obviously talking. You just gotta support developers that put out chips you might like. (laughs) No, don't Uh, do that. I mean, look, if you want it cheaper, you can get it renewed for 180 dollars. Um, but what I'm saying, what I'm saying is that, uh, I don't. What what what's your CPU, Keith? I think you bought a new I don't PC. Know. Oh, you don't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> I like, do. I never will. I never can recall anything about my computer off the top of my head. I have to like figure out how to check again each time. <laughs> you yeah, can do uh, I, if you want to. Uh, if you uh, here, probably my on. profile actually. Let's check my yeah, YouTube if, profile. Uh, if you if you check if you or you can press uh, run. Intel if you press Core i seven fifty eight twenty K. 3.3 gigahertz 5820 k yeah hmm. so you're below minimum specs am i i'm pretty sure yeah what do you say you said i7 already <laughs> well yeah but the the 7 doesn't matter like if you have a first generation i7 that's the new celerons are faster like the the, the, the i5 or i7 that doesn't matter it's all about the performance that the cpu gives and the uh, and, the 800 and uh, yet the 8000 generation is running the game just fine that's true. That's true. But like that's what I'm saying. Like it. it's the so I don't while recording don't, it. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm saying is like I don't. I I think the but I I have uh, my specs are way better uh, than Keith, mm-hmm. and my game can't run for shit. Mm-hmm. So it's what the hell? <laughs> I think like, it might I have, have an, to do with your. I have an AMD Ryzen. I have a Ryzen nine thirty nine hundred X. I have uh. My graphics card's a 20, mm. 2080 Ti Super, and I have 48 gigabytes of RAM, and my game gets consistently lower than 30 frames a second. No, we're talking oh, about really? we're talking about processor, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah the processor. I think, I think so, my profile's so, out of date. It's so an AMD it? Ryzen it's... 9 5900X 12 core there processor, 3.7 gigahertz. There we go. So you have like a beast of a machine. <laughs> I've got a thing to update then. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, you need to update um, that. I was a little surprised, but I do know that Keith is running on lower. I've got a GTX 1070. Yeah, but, I know that you're so running he, a little bit on lower graphic settings. I just run it on like high. I think mm-hmm. putting anything off I, of maximum usually just makes I, the game better I, while not looking different. <laughs> I'm running it on low and still getting frame hitches. Like I've literally Jesus put it on the Christ. lowest setting possible because this fucking company can't do pc ports that's just how it is but again i play the game on an xbox series x in 4k and it runs 
just fine. No frame lags, no hitches. I could even do the stupid boss at the beginning of the game, and it doesn't lag. None of those mm. loading zone chunks. No, none of those loading zone chunks. I wonder how they fucking did that. How did they manage to, to make a good console port? I wonder if it's because they have a consistent architecture to work <laughs> with, they know exactly what their, li their hard limits are, and they just build... Well according to those specifications and then when it comes to pc they just say like look i'm gonna put four different sliders maximum high medium low you pick the one you think is best for you if not fuck you and they just wipe their hands clean they did it hey it can run on someone's computer <laughs> like, it's, i do it's i do wonder if you have some issues on your computer uh because i have a considerably weaker machine uh that is Roughly the recommended settings. So twenty seven hundred X CPU. I fixed and, it. Like you know I how get I fixed some frame hitches. How? I had to turn off the anti cheat system because the anti cheat system was actually causing <laughs> performance <laughs> issues, which is fine because it means I can't play that an online mode ever again. But I don't want which to. Which is fine. So the the solution here was to turn off DRM again, a thing that only exists <laughs> on PC because some fucking asshole decided to scam a bunch of developers into thinking that yes. pirating games was going to ruin their industry. Yeah, so, like, it's technically on, cool. on console, but in a very different form. That doesn't that yeah, isn't like a weird well, video game the, influencing like infiltrating spyware thing. Yeah, exactly, because it's it's just tied to your account, right? Like Microsoft yeah. just does a little knock on the door and goes like, "Hey, show me your fucking ID," and you're like, "Oh, here yeah. you go." It's like I don't, I don't see you on the list, and like that's it. But on PC, it has to do this stupid fucking mind-boggling shit where it's like, "Give me your CD key." All right, let me check this CD key. Okay, that CD key checks out. Wait, are you the guy who said he bought that CD key though? Let me check another list and make sure it's not on the list of the dark web. It's like I don't. Look, man, I, in the time it takes you to, like, hassle me for this, I could probably just go steal it and play it, con like, consistently better. So why are we doing, like, it's not like anti-cheat is good DRM. People have already put Elden Ring on torrent sites, right? People can torrent Elden Ring today, right now. I don't know. So the, it, it's a system that doesn't work. So why? <laughs> why no, why does that said, matter? It's the companies who sell the anti-cheat that manage to scam the companies who make games. Because they pay yeah, a lot of money for but, that shit. <laughs> that shit. But like, but again, whenever you, you see, know, whenever you see developers could, being like, "Oh no, the anti cheat works really well," part of that is them being like, "Oh no, we spent a lot of money and we really hope we spent it well." That's what they're saying. <laughs> I, it's, how do you quantify I don't know, that? And how does anyone else confirm it? it it's yeah. very weird. I I don't know. But either, but the point I'm making is that I really wish that we would stop playing these silly games, and if we just were consistent about making uh making hardware like a console for example is just a smaller less like high performing uh computer right if and you can give it its own silly little operating system if you want to if you care you know you could say like it's just like an emulator it's like i want to run playstation games and it's like all right you got to pay for the playstation os and so you have to like pay PlayStation, you pay Sony for their shitty OS or whatever. And now you can play all your PlayStation games. <laughs> it's like Sony still gets their money, but without having to do the hardware. Wow. And why, like, I don't understand why you wouldn't just do that. Like, that seems like a, a much better for everyone involved type deal than these really weird 
like nightmare situations where like you want to play a game good luck now there's scalpers now there's like you know like the hardware may be bad by the time you get it or what happens you know in like five years when they want to just make a brand new one? Oh, you can't upgrade your current console you have to just throw it in the trash nerd and it's just i don't know man why how is this fun for anybody how is it fun to keep like piling on these toy boxes uh, and not just having one very consistent like i have one consistent box it's expensive but i chose it to be expensive and i also don't i don't really do much with it for a while I, by the time a new xbox comes out maybe i need to like give it a new cpu but all right it's usually it's usually about the cost of buying a console so hey there you go i i did it i, I bought a console but you know i got to keep the rest of it and it's still pretty good um i don't know it's it's stupid I, I hate it i hate it and it means that games are built <laughs> differently because games are built for consoles first and then pc even though every game is built on a pc for a console because no one you can't just build games on a console it's, fuck you and so just like it's just always bad i hate it i hate it so much how like most AAA games are just consistently not great experiences on pc when they first launch even though it's the dominant market even though it like i don't know it just it's frustrating and then when i think about the, the idea that we're going to do streaming is stuff, it the it's dominant like, okay, market because i don't think they'd be making them for console versus there was the dominant market what uh, yeah it's the there are more pc there are more pc players than there are console players that's but is well, but are, that's they not... are they are they are they generating more video game revenue uh I that's de that's dependent because I think that companies like so like I think like Sony would pay give you a premium for making a a unique game for their platform only so like they no they I mean I mean money. like I mean are the customers generating more revenue on PC yeah. or console because like the, PC... the, the 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 when people try to quantify how many PC gamers are there are it's an incredibly nebulous and questionable stat that usually is biased um... in favor of them trying to prove a point but not really being based on reality. Mm -hmm. So I see a study done like in a 20... PC gamer is somebody who plays a Facebook game on their computer once. Like, but that's, what does that mean? Not, but that's not even so, the worst part or rather the most interesting part. Like, because the thing about the PC gaming audience is that there's a lot of niches and there's a lot of people playing old games that just play them forever. Like Minecraft is a gift that keeps on giving, but people play paid Minecraft 10 years ago that they're not they spent 10 years not spending a, a dime. I mean, uh, uh, there's the subscription model for Minecraft as well, obviously. But, you know, I, I paid for Minecraft. I think it was like 12 bucks at the time. Uh, and so... I, I played so many hours and didn't, you know, didn't pay more. But And then you see that for racing games. You see that for strategy games. They're so niche and people d dedicated so hard to that. And there's huge communities doing that. And, like, MMOs are the same issue. They're not all ready to buy... Uh, Elden Rings, especially if they're well, it's just, new. This is like a questionable games. piggyback stat, where it's like if somebody, somebody who has a PlayStation bought a PlayStation, which is a yeah. big like investment there, and then it's like, oh, I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna be, I bought this platform, I, I bought this console that plays video games for the purpose of you know getting video games on it, whereas like I just have a phone, and like for a few <laughs> months. That's a good, twice that's now good one, for for a few months at a time and then never again in the many in the years in between i have played pokemon go for a little while 
So like, am I part of the the phone gamer statistic? <laughs> With in that, Ask like, in the last like eight years of my life, I played one phone game for a fair bit of time, for some bursts of time, but mostly not. <laughs> like the PC game, like people oh. just have PCs, so it's a it's a it's a, often a cheap piggyback stat to try to say that there's more PC gamers when. I don't know, man. Seems like they'd make games for PC first if that was the dominant market financially. So PC has been the dominant financial market since 2013. Uh, it has consistently generated more revenue. Uh, well, it's, sorry. It's it has consistently generated the second most amount of revenue for gaming uh, developers oh. in the world. Uh, the, the, first, the winners are obviously mobile. Mobile makes the most amount oh, of money right. compared to any other uh, platform. But it's spread, um, it's spread am among a much bigger audience, though. Not audience, a much bigger amount of games. There are so many more PC games than there are console games. So sure, yeah, sure. But they, that's because yeah, you have it. You have an indie scene that really compensates for this. That consoles have kind of left behind because, you know, mm -hmm. publishers and whatever. But yeah, it it looks like PC has just and so the one I'm looking at is like Bloomberg, uh, did a report and in 2019 and found that PC is still 25 percent more profitable than consoles are just consistently. To whom? And, but profitable to uh, whom? To, to to developers so for, so to for any developing one developer game, it's less profitable make... right because there's no, more well, developers on pc so it's less profitable to develop for pc do you know what i mean can you can you link it or something because i'm having to guess what you mean by most oh, of right, this right yeah uh, do you have a bloomberg account no oh, no <laughs> uh, okay bloomberg. i'm just like i don't <laughs> There's I so much a, nebulousness to trying to guess what what all these words mean in this case. Let me let me try to find a. But even if the numbers hold up, which they probably do, I don't I don't have any reason to believe they don't, uh, or you, and your interpretation of the numbers, it's still less profitable. Like, sure, it's a bigger pool, but there's so many more people in the pool. And I say people. Well, there's just a lot companies. of questions to ask. Like, is it PC game versus all consoles combined, or are all consoles counted as separate platforms? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, PC yeah. and is PC yeah. being counted as one platform or several platforms? Because it's technically a lot of platforms all at once. But also, what? like, we're talking about AAA developers and their mm -hmm. interests. So, are we only talking about the money made by AAA developers on each platform, or are we talking about all of indie combined, like every free-to-play game and every indie game and, and Minecraft and all that combined with the AAA stuff? Because, like that does skew things advantageously towards uh, PC in favor if you're trying to make a specific argument, but it doesn't actually necessarily point towards what the incentive is for AAA developers to prioritize one platform or the other. Because AAA developers don't care how much money Stardew makes on PC versus console. Yeah, yeah. That has, that's the related to the kind of PCs that people have. Like, I see so many people comment more so on your videos, Keith, than on mine because I don't get many comments. <laughs> but um, I see so many people being like, oh, I really wish I could play this piece, this game. Like you play any AAA game that's recent or whatever. and they're like, Or maybe not even AAA that's recent, but just, just a, a more demanding game. And they're like, I wish I could play this, but my PC is from 2009. And yeah. they're still, and they, they play games on their PC. It's just, you know, old, older games or, or 2D Baby games. games. Or whatever. And they can have, and they can have lots of fun. Like I, I, I'm planning on getting a, a, a Steam Deck exclusively to play like old older style games and 2d games stuff like that not none of i don't need triple a uh to 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 have fun like i i every once in a while there's gonna be a triple a like elder elden rings no are they triple a now we had this they are. they've been triple i was just 
Well, I was thinking, remember, we had this conversation. Uh, I think we agreed oh, right, yeah. at the time that they were double A back in the day. But now it's like with Elden Ring and shit, it's like, have they, has the category of From Software changed? Because like when they were the developers yeah, of so. Dark Souls 1 through 3, I feel like they were still a double A company, like more akin to like the people that make Elex than the people that make Skyrim. But now yeah, I don't know. I think even, and also, even their I don't sales know if, reflected that. I don't know how go. specific the thresholds are either. Uh, there's a, a paywall bypass for the Bloomberg article. So, thank you. Uh, yeah. So that should get you past it. It does do a breakdown of uh, of where the revenue is going. I I think the so again I think a very important distinction here too is that um uh is that PC games tend to be a little bit more accessible or tend to be a little bit more profitable in. Uh, microtransaction ways than they are mm -hmm. on console um mostly because itself yeah, yeah like i think i think the problem is that the average console player tends to be on the younger side and so the younger you keep going the less access to revenue that you have but on pc it tends to be consistently that people on pc tend to have money and are more willing to spend more money in microtransactions similar to how mobile games work right mobile games are often being funneled by adults playing games on a phone that costs a lot of money um but i it's i i think the let's see trying to trying it's to the it's the it, it's the blizzard dude going don't you have a phone about diablo infinite or whatever it's called? yeah i i think <laughs> the, the i think what's important is just the, yeah is just access and who has that access because obviously you you want to hit uh, every company, no matter who they are, wants to hit the the pinnacle of like, ma you know, you want the maximum amount of people willing to buy a thing that you're selling. Uh, so where are you, you know, where are you most likely going to get all those sales? And but then secondly, you want to figure out, well, how how expensive is it going to be to focus on one particular thing? Right. So from software, mm -hmm. for example, uh, they started out with consoles and they just probably have a very robust console team like people that are just really good at making console games and trying to shift gears to like hiring a bunch of people who are really good at making pc games probably isn't as advantageous for them as it would be to just con continue doing what they're doing because they're they're making enough money to survive just fine it looks like i don't think they're struggling mm -hmm. at any point to to keep making games so why rock a boat right but then you see like a lot of indie games don't tend to push into a console until later it's a lot more affordable for new people to make a game on pc and then go to console later which tells me that like making a game on console is probably not as advantageous uh unless you have the capital to start it up which means there must be some kind well, of like publisher I mean, incentive well yeah. not yeah. necessarily even about cost like there's just literal gatekeeping like you need a way in just like how you used to need a way into getting into steam in the first place whereas yeah like an indie developer could just be like i just put a game on itch.io for i think you could just do it for free basically uh like you could just exist on pc whereas like there is nothing i can do if i make a game right now like i can't like just be like hello mr microsoft please put it on xbox and like just do that like there's like an entire process where you have to like get connections with the industry and so on and it's even worse for nintendo or playstation 
yep. even harder for them. Yeah. I mean, they have. I think, so I, Microsoft's actually a bad example. Microsoft's pretty. Uh, Microsoft's really good about indie uh, development on their platform, but Nintendo and Sony are notoriously really shitty to try to get indie mm-hmm. games onto their systems. Um, obviously, Nintendo. I'm pretty has sure they're still weird... just absolutely gatekeeping, though. Like, someone can't just decide to put their game on on Xbox, and then they just it just works, and they don't have to like like fight for the ability to make it happen. Yeah, hmm. I mean, Microsoft, uh, like everybody, uh, like all consoles, Microsoft has a obviously has a check. Like, you need to get your game confirmed to run, right? They're not going to let you just put spyware on their system, but. Uh, but it's not. I mean, do they do they even have the deluge they used to have on Xbox 360 from the indie games, like the Xbox Live Indie Games store? That actually, I don't know. I think they do because I I have because like if their gates open, then they're they would be literally having hundreds of games every week. It's not. I don't think it's that open. I think the Xbox Live Indie Game was unique in that it in order to make those games, you had to use like their own software. Like yeah, they had like their own uh, uh, dev kit kind of thing or not dev kit, but, you know, they had their own software that you had to make a game into. And then when you would you would upload that game, uh, you would export that game that you would export the game from that software to Microsoft and they would be able to quickly do a check and see if it worked. Whereas I think now it's different. I think they just they they don't do that system anymore. And I think it's just a you have to make a game that can run on the console, submit it to them, and they have to do a check. But I think you have to pay to access the ID. Uh, yeah, it's like ID at Xbox. Um, yeah, yeah, you have to pay. You have to pay to access the 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 system to to upload a game, right? You have to pay to upload a game to it, which is, yeah, what you're talking about. Oh, it it's like Apple still. then. I think it's the same thing with Apple. Yeah, they have like Even a dev, with their Apple store. everybody has like a dev yeah. kit or whatever, or like a dev account. You need to have like a dev developer account to upload stuff to the console. But I think mm-hmm. again, I think they're they're then now you have to now now again imagine now you need an Xbox to to test this game on. Now you need a development account for Xbox to make the game for. Now you need uh. I, I, if you're doing online services, you need two Xboxes to check and see if the online works. This starts becoming more expensive uh, than it would be to just have a PC. It's so much cheaper to be like, hey, I know this guy has a PC. I'm going to give him a build of my game. Can we see if multiplayer works? Cool, it doesn't. All right, bye. Like, that's so much easier than it would be for an Xbox. It's a lot easier than it would be to, you know, to just do it. Be It's so much cheaper to make games on PC uh, for PC than it would be to try to make games for a console if you're not again if you're not a big developer who has the money to do this um Mm -hmm. but i i don't i I, it's hard to see i don't see a link here to where exactly hold on i don't see a link to oh is this it id and azure i'm trying to see where what the money is i'm trying to see what the cost here is oh the reference well that's that's for azure and that's a closed beta where is the id at xbox one Um. Azure, Wonder. didn't they kill that Microsoft? N- no, absolutely not. Azure's their cloud. No, uh, Azure's their entire cloud uh, foundation. So oh, let's I see. They, they killed it and made it the other one. What is it? What does it cost to register for ID? <laughs> you have so Xbox? many services. Uh, it doesn't oh, look uh, like. I don't see it costing anything. It looks like you just have to wait till they approve you. 
So, Speaking of Microsoft and services, yeah. Office 365 or whatever it's called, it's a good example of what I was talking about before. They just love that. Just love the, the services. Everything as a service. Oh, you do need a... Okay, so this is... So here is the, the barrier to entry. You need a, you need a registered studio. You can't, just, you can't just knock on the door mm. and be like, hi, I, I made a game in uh, visual novel uh, software and I wanted to export my visual novel with my crown drawings. Like, you have to have a legitimate business. Um, so that is the, that's, the, that's the gatekeeping. Is that you? It can't just be. It's not just for any Joe Blow to make a, you know, a pencil drawing <laughs> video Blow. game that runs. Um, but because yeah, like the Xbox, uh, the the old Xbox Live indie game scene was people like we literally played a game <laughs> that was just done in paint and made clearly for like a, a school project. Um, and I don't think you can be getting those into Xbox now. But I think. I don't know. I, I don't think it's. I don't think it's as rigorous as, as say Sony or Nintendo is. But, but that's not the point. The point is obviously that, uh, yeah, it there is a gate. There is gatekeeping to get into console market, uh, versus PC, and that's a hindrance for indie developers, but probably not so much for studios. But, yeah, there's there's in already. Yeah, they're they're just already in. And that. Or Nobody's if you're lucky, you just get bought by Microsoft, until they've and then got you don't. All that fucking press that that Cyberpunk mm -hmm. did, and then it's like, uh, well, time to time to set a record of you getting the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's so weird. Stuff like that just sends ripples through the industry. Like, it's uh, they made they really made history that day. I wonder how many. I wonder how many AAA RPGs. Or RPG adjacent games were canceled because of Cyberpunk, <laughs> or never got to accept it either. Because uh, like we're, think we're talking about I Microsoft, mean, and they bought they bought um, uh, Obsidian, and Obsidian is now working. I think they have three. Uh, I don't know if they're announced or partially announced. I, I know Avowed is definitely announced, but they're they're working on three games, and I think only one of them is a smaller scale <clears throat> sort of niche. Uh, game style like Pills of Eternity uh, and uh, I'm pretty sure they're just going to go like full on oh yeah so they, they have announced two games and there's another one that we don't know what it is so it's Avowed and uh, the, Outer War, uh, the Outer Worlds 2 and uh, that fucks with me because I've already played a game called Avowed and it's not even old yet so it's like make a new name guys Am I? maybe I'm mistaken on the name but like a company that like there, it pills of eternity one and two and tyranny. They're brilliant games. I highly recommend anybody that likes RPGs to play them. They're amazing games on all fronts. I mean, they're maybe not all. They're maybe they're not the best games on all fronts, but they're they're pretty they're pretty amazing. Uh, and it's unlikely that they're gonna do those again. And the reason, like, because the thing is, the reason they were making them is because they were sensible investments for a market that they saw had. Uh, oh yeah no it was the big it was the big wave of kickstarter rpgs mm -hmm. like yep. there was just a there was just a whole period where there was just kickstarter games coming out constantly and it was specifically about serving these specific underserved audiences but then those companies mm -hmm. make money and they get picked up by a larger company and then well you know microsoft the they have a long beautiful history of picking up other people's companies and then just stripping them of their identity <laughs> mm-hmm 
wow yeah. microsoft owns rare now and now rare's dead oh there's the thing called rare that makes games for like the next 20 years but like were any of them what you wanted somebody <laughs> liked viva pinata i'm sure but boy rare sure gone here's the connectimals connect sports that's like the most successful game they ever made i think as as uh as that version of rare Mm-hmm. And just to that confirm, sounds like you're, you're just an old man who doesn't like new video games. They made uh, what's how did it you called? know? Well, what was that? What's that pirate game? They made Sea of Thieves, and people love yeah, Sea of Thieves. Yeah, but that's not that's not what anyone was hoping from Rare when they were acquired in like 2003 or whatever the fuck. Yeah, sorry, you're not getting Banjo Kazooie three. Get over it. Or Perfect yeah. Dark two. Or oh no, you yeah. get Perfect Dark Two. Technically, you're getting the that perfect that new Perfect Dark. <laughs> dark perfect the dark, dark, sad looking. Perfect Dark perfect Zero dark. happened. Yeah, Perfect Dark Zero <laughs> did happen, but that was a prequel, not a sequel. Yep. I'm talking about sequels. It's People so want weird. sequels. It's, like it's so uh, weird they, that they didn't get. Sorry. Like they made they made Perfect Dark Zero and they made uh, Banjo Kazooie Nuts and Bolts, and both were not well received. And then they just were like, well. We got this stinky company that we don't want to hold anymore, but they, I guess we own them now. Uh, work on Connect Games or something? Like it just immediately, the game was just out, the company was just out the window. Like we're we're done with this. I don't understand why they didn't capitalize on on Benjo Kazooie for the Xbox. Like it's a freaking console. Get a platformer in there that's good. Um, again, <laughs> they tried it with uh, nuts and bolts, and it did not go well. No, 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 but. Like specifically capitalizing on the Banjo Kazooie, uh, IP, because it's well, theirs, I, right? I I think because it was it turned into a sour, like a a sour pile of shit, is I think nuts and bolts mm. really destroyed any kind of remaining fandom that existed for Banjo Kazooie, and oh, I think the nuts people and bolts is think, Banjo Kazooie. Sorry, I, yeah, yeah, I was like a little confused. I'm like I'm like we're talking um, about a Banjo Kazooie game right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Banjo Kazooie nuts that. and bolts. <laughs> was not great and it wasn't technically a platformer but i think it i think i think the problem is that with rare when rare got bought like this is what well, part of h bomber guy's video about um uh deus ex is that when mm. when a studio is bought there's always a big exodus which means that the people behind the genius of banjo kazooie just weren't there anymore so what are you going to do? You're going to like rally the one guy who remembers how Banjo-Kazooie was fun? Like who are, you know, like who are you getting to do a new Banjo-Kazooie game yeah. because you're not going to get the people who made Banjo-Kazooie successful. And I think that's like that's the that's the thing that people need that people need to go back to. I think I've heard that sometimes about. they try to do like like anti-brain drain like uh bonuses basically where you just like here's a bunch of money you can't quit <laughs> like it's like a contract <laughs> that you have to like stay there for x amount of time or something which is a fine attempt but the way i look at it once a the moment that a uh, a studio is bought i just kind of throw the studio away on the expectation that they're going to make anything that i want again like that's it it's gone all the people all the talent behind what made the games that i like from that studio good are definitely gone because most people don't want to don't want to work under a company that's been homogenized into a big company like Microsoft, because just like Deus Ex, it means now you have a shitty ladder you have to climb to do anything. And no one wants to climb ladders to do art, right? No one wants to 
No one wants to spend more time having Zoom meetings than they do actually doing the job that they fucking worked hard to do. And so, I, yeah, I think, I think you, just have to, you just have to accept that and follow people you really like. Like, I, I, like, uh, um, I like music in video games by, like, the guy. Grant uh, Kirkhope. Yeah, Grant Kirkhope uh, makes, um, makes really great upbeat music. Or um, what is this, McDonald, who made the Halo music. Like, there are good composers, but I don't expect ever, you know, like, I just, so I just follow them instead. Or it's just like anime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, where if you like an anime, you, it's not the studio, it's the director. It's the art director. Like, you have to follow the people. The people are what make the content you like, not the company. The company just shows mm-hmm. up and takes money and throws it at someone's face really hard and goes, keep doing that until I stop. Slap. And it's like, okay. <laughs> and then, you know, or, or they give up. They just go like, yeah, you know what? I, the money isn't worth it anymore. Someone else is going to slap me with a lot more money. So I'll go take their slaps. Um, and so, yeah, you just follow them. You have to follow those people that you like. Because that's, at, in, at, and again, it's the end of the day is that you're making art. And so you want to follow the artist, not the art gallery. No one, like, no one only goes to the Louvre to look at art, right? They're not just like, no, I won't look at any art that doesn't exist in the Louvre because it's not good art. Otherwise, like, no, you go and you, you go and look at art in plenty of different places. And it's some some museums have art by the by the same by different people that you can find in other museums. And you're like, hey, wait, I've seen a Rembrandt in a different museum. What the hell? It's because those artists just can go to different publishers. I mean, you're saying that um, I'm looking at the no- the names at least the the director Greg Mails from Banjo Kazooie was responsible for Viva Piñata and was the director and designer of of Nuts and Bolts as well. Like I'm not saying that the that he necessarily wanted to make the the games that he ended up making because you know somebody from higher up being like no no platformers we want a vehicle constructor thingy and they're like okay do you know what I mean <laughs> yeah or I mean it, it could be inverse too is that the director was like hey I'm gonna make a really fun uh, build a car game and microsoft showed up and was like bum, 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 bum. uh where's the banjo and it's like uh what why would you put banjo kazooie in this it's a platform it's like no no no. we bought banjo kazooie you need to get that banjo kazooie in there Could and it's be. like i yeah. guess it's a fucking driving game for a platformer all right <laughs> like that's but again that wouldn't have happened if it was just rare no no one at rare would have like came barreling in there like hey where's that banjo kazooie ip <laughs> like no one, you know, no one, yeah, they're just fair, be like, fair. oh, right, yeah. ever, I'll trust you. What, are you making a Diddy Kong racer game? All right, cool. Let me call Nintendo. Hey, can we do this? No. Oh, fuck, well, they say that for every game, so don't feel disheartened. Let's just keep doing it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's true. It's weird. Big companies are just a mess sometimes. They're not yeah, designed just... from the ground up to be, to be like... Like you need to make a even then you need even when you make a company a big company or a small company it doesn't matter if you make a company with the idea of okay we're gonna have multiple studios working and they we want to foster as much creativity and independence as possible even yeah, then you're gonna family have a huge, here but even then you're gonna have a huge challenge it's gonna be super difficult to not fall into the same pitfalls that every other company falls of the of the whole thing about having to go up the ladder to get a Final Fantasy twenty four poster or whatever. <laughs> Still watching the same videos today. Yeah. What do you mean uh, today? This week and last week? Just, just we're talking about. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a good video. The, <clears throat> but that's the thing though. Is it just video games are, uh, they, they're fun on the outside and really miserable on the inside. The, uh, the moment you, <laughs> you 
you know, you uh, open up the game case and you start looking inside of that game a little bit more than what's on the surface, you start just seeing really unpleasant things. And you just have to kind of accept that, is that when you, when you like a game really, really, really much, that's it. <laughs> you just have to accept that that might just be it. That might be the only time you get the thing you really, really, really like. Uh, well, I didn't if, like Banjo-Kazooie 2. And there's just never been a good Banjo-Kazooie game since. So that's on me, I guess. I just have to love one game for the rest of my life. And I just know there'll never be a better Ban Like, Banjo-Kazooie, there'll never be another Banjo-Kazooie game, right? That won't ever happen. But I just have to... That's fine. That's okay, because now I can just look forward to the next one. I liked A Hat in Time. It wasn't as good as Banjo-Kazooie, but I liked it. I, I like... Uh, I don't know. There's other platformers I probably liked. Uh, I liked Ori. I think, Ori is fun. I liked. Uh, yeah. I think the but, not being as good as old games is a tricky thing to resolve because you're basing it. Like I don't remember ever finding a new game where I was like, "This is better." Like on a gut level, like this is better than everything I've played so far. Uh, I always find ways to be like, oh, this isn't as good, or this is this could be different. Really, different. that's absolutely not true. You said that about but playing Fallout is... New Vegas after playing Fallout. Oh yeah, 3. yeah, yeah. But not on a gut <laughs> level. But that's true. That's true. That's uh, and I'm 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 seeing that about um, Elden Ring, honestly. But not on a gut level. Like, I, I I can have the most like the thing is I can't compare the amount of fun I'm having with a game today with the amount of fun I had a year ago because. Uh, you don't remember things like that and also fun is dependent on a whole lot of other stuff not just the game you're playing you can have the most fun with the crappiest game ever it's not about that uh but the on the, like the gut instinct is always going to be the grass is greener on the other side and you, you're going to look at your old stuff as your formative gaming experiences and you're always going to be comparing it up rather than down it just as a nature that's hmm. just how we think but the on the other the thing is you really I think for me anyway I need I really need to be more brainy about the game the new games that I play to come to conclusions like for example, uh, Pillars of Eternity two is a uh, uh, is not as good as Pillars of Eternity one, but on a gut level I enjoy play, play, playing Pillars of Eternity two better. Uh, like for example, Elder Elden Rings I am having fun with it, but honestly I think the most fun I've ever had with an uh, uh, with the Souls game was with Dark Souls 1 the first time I played it and I don't think I'm ever going to get that again because that I, that's it that's that happened to me it's the first time I played Dark Souls 1 the first yeah, and you like lose 10 to 15 hours just the the yeah. on ramping experience yeah that's that's it okay I I I'm I'm like I'm and I'm okay with that naturally but that's kind of the appeal of the fact that they're making a new IP is instead of just making more dark souls games is the fact that you have an you have the new like bloodborne experience and the new uh Sekiro experience instead of mm -hmm. dark souls 4 yeah but at the same like yeah that's true but at the same i, I think elden rings is just dark souls 4 like in <laughs> that, some ways it has different names but i'm like treating it as dark souls 4 and it fits completely it's it doesn't it it doesn't grind its gears in that regard um but the but i need to access like a sort a part of my brain to be like okay this new game that i'm playing is actually better <laughs> and and uh like it's the same with fallout new vegas like 
it, it, Fallout New Vegas is probably the hardest for me, but it's so obvious that it's so much better than Fallout 1 and 2. So obvious, but I need to be really brainy about it. I can't do it on a good level. you can't process the idea that anything could be better than Fallout 1 and 2. Yeah, I can't. I go back to Fallout 1 and 2 and it's the best thing. Like, I, I play those games and it's, oh man, this is great. This is so great. And I just... Then we, then we like, do a I, podcast where I just talk shit about Fallout 1 and 2, or Fallout 1 for like two, three hours straight. And you're like, <laughs> I agree with all of these things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's just... And and I think especially for games from a like Banjo Kazooie's Nintendo sixty four or is it GameCube? Um, it's just for the N sixty four. It's on the Xbox technically as well because when no. Rare got bought, they put it on the Xbox. But yeah. So yeah, especially it's, for those games, do you have? Do you, when was the last time you played it? When I played the uh, Rare games. Yeah, no, Banjo Kazooie specifically. I'm, I'm using it as an example because it's difficult to compare, right? Because you remember your time playing it, and you remember it might have been like a decade ago. I think I remember yeah, specific. Just, I, sp- I went back and I because like hmm. I bounced off it as a kid because it was too scary. But no. <laughs> as a, what? I think I, the mines, I, I think the I 100. I 100 completed Banjo Kazooie one in like high school, I think, or college. Oh. So it's about a decade now. <laughs> Uh, Clanker's Cavern fucks you up if you're not cool with sharks, and there's already a scary shark before that too. Oh right, I forget oh, I your water was the thing. Okay, yeah, I no, keep there's already that. a shark like, that chases you, and that sucks. But then Clanker's Cavern is just this fucking gargantuan mega nightmare shark. So I didn't even want to like start that level as a kid. <laughs> but then growing I, up, I it's sc- like the true fear is the water, is the swimming controls. <laughs> I was scared of uh, Tomb Raider one. I remember disabling the soundtrack because I didn't want to be even more scared because <laughs> the soundtrack plays <laughs> tricks on you. I was like, no, don't do that. Shut shut it down. So I played the whole Tomb Raider 1. I think I'm sometimes surprisingly good at avoiding rose-tinted glasses with things where it's just like, I, like, like I, I'll talk shit about everything I like all the time. Every rare game has bad controls. <laughs> Like it might be because what? they had the Nintendo 64 controller and shit, but like, but like for like an, on so many ways, almost every Rareware game has just like nightmarishly aged controls. Like, yeah, of course, yeah, like Banjo Kazooie and Jet Force Gemini and Perfect Dark. Holy fucking shit! People played those like that. What? I play like I'll play like an updated port that tries to fit, like improve the controls, and it'll still be like I can't. This is. Literally What's every second of you? playing this game is me trying to struggle <laughs> past the fact that it's so hard to control this game. Like, I'll contend well, that, like, they're, like, perfect dark and gold, and I really sucked using the C-pad to, like, aim, but... The gun moves cra- independently from the screen! Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, and I, I, I'm agreeing here, you that sucks. You turn but- by dragging your reticle like you're moving the screen of an RTS with your mouse. <laughs> That's how it's you edge turn scrolling. in those shooters. You it have to like wow. you edge you edge scroll yeah. with your gun. Yeah, <laughs> wow. It's rough. Uh it was rough. But, but I don't know. What do you mean Bandit like Zoo had bad Prime controls? Without the part where it's on Wiimote. Yeah. How how does Banjo Kazooie have bad con- it has perfectly fine controls for a swimming. platformer? <laughs> What's wrong with swimming? There's a, there's a lot. There's a lot that's good about Banjo Kazooie when you're on the ground, but once you're flying or swimming, oh fuck, oh no! Really? 
dear god i mean you fucking like you're like you have it burned into your brain at this point so you'll never like feel I the guess. controls ever again but they're a nightmare <laughs> i i just yeah, not as I bad as jet force gemini had. and perfect dark but they're they're not amazing they every every game they made on the 64 has like aged like a nightmare control wise holy shit jet force gemini was an experience to play through <laughs> to do a series the on the polishing There's of so much is... that aged poorly about that game yeah, the polishing of controls in gaming in general is just very... I think it's it's more prominent in, in console games because the controllers also evolve themselves and so they get more features and it's it's the whole thing. But yeah, it's just... I, I, I agree with you that... <laughs> it, that's something that it doesn't... That's difficult to remember. Like you remember playing a game with tank controls like... Resident Evil 1, and he's like, oh yeah, I just played Resident Evil, but no problem. And then you compare it to Resident Evil 4 or whatever, that doesn't have 10 controls, I don't think. Um, and and you, in your mind, if you don't remember, like, you can't, I don't think even if you remember that it had 10 controls, how can you compare control schemes in games of, of different eras, if you don't play them side by side, right? It's, uh, but Andrew, yeah, pretty much to go back. Yeah, Andrew has played Banjo-Kazooie in uh, four years ago. Yep. Before I, I before like I said, I times. played it in uh, I played it in 2018, and I 100%ed it, and I had zero issues. Oh, that um, that's right. You made a you made a series about it, didn't you? Yep, I have a series for it. I I, mm -hmm. uh, but it doesn't. I I still love it. It's still great. I I think there, uh, I know that there are flaws in Banjo Kazooie. I do not think it's like the best game ever made. It's my favorite game. Absolutely. It's my, it's like the game that basically told me, yeah, this is it, Andrew. You're, you're just, you are great at platformers. I was like, okay, thanks. Good to know. That's just my calling. But <laughs> this is my life now. But, yeah. This is my life now. <laughs> nobody, but nobody the, uh, me. but it, there's, there's a unique blend. So Banjo Kazooie set what I think is like the commandments for making a platformer. And, one of those big commandments is it needs to be fun. Like, not just mechanically, but visually, aesthetically. Like, it needs to be fun. Banjo-Kazooie is fun to look at. It is just silly and cartoonish, but in the right way. Not, like, fucking child Cartoon Network style. You know, like, or not Cartoon Network, but you know what I mean. Like, not Disney Kids style, where you're like, oh, everything's just very softly rounded. Like, it's, it's that... Perfect blend like of. Very softly well, that's. I'm sorry to tell you, <laughs> but that might be a little too too baby level. You need to have things oh. a little bit sharp sometimes, and uh, children learn by fear. All right, not terror, <laughs> but fear, and so you have to instill in them some level of fear. The, uh, but it has that like it. It is no matter what you look at in Banjo Kazooie, it's fun. Like there's fun stuff to look. Keith might be scared of sharks, but that's his problem uh clanker is great <laughs> clanker is such a great design it, it is just he is like a, a a metal shark but he's bleeding like what the fuck how is a shark that's made of metal bleed that's so weird and gross and it's fantastic because he looks dumb while he's doing it you knock his teeth out to go inside of him that's fantastic like but he also has a blowhole like nightmare but he's fuel. not oh my god but I he's not it a up. whale like yeah, oh he's my god. awful looking. Clanker is nightmare. Uh, oh my god! Yeah, he I is a nightmare to look swimming. at. Swimming. Yeah, 
Dude, Clinker's a nightmare uh, to look at. And you go inside of him, and it's like, you're basically in his guts. It's, it's, but it's great. It is so perfect. Those stupid eyes that follow you when you're walking on him. His stupid blowhole, even though he's his a fucking shark, His introduction's shark, not a, a nightmare because you swim through a tube with no context of what's going to happen. Yeah. And then just the, your fucking entire view just opens into his massive face filling the entire screen. And he's so big. And you're like, why would I keep going forward? What the? I don't want to go in there. What the fuck? <laughs> Like, that's how he's introduced. You're like, oh, my God. It's great. And the entire level swimming, which is the worst thing you can do in a platformer. It yeah, is swimming. It, I agree. I think the swimming game is, is a problem for many reasons, but uh, it's that it's it adds a challenge to gameplay that isn't fun, which is the. Uh, the because we like we like to think that swimming is 3D, where there's there's more of a two dimensionality to whenever you are walking around on the platform but swimming is actually 4d and and because because it's left and right up and down um actually no what am i saying it's not 4d um, yeah i'm gonna say what do you think the, three i have questions about what you think 3d means because <laughs> because you move towards the, the camera right in a way that is very it can be very disorienting and for me it's i don't i don't tend to have much of a problem but, yeah, if um, I remember correctly, Banjo Kazooie does not lock your camera to the character, which makes it very frustrating because you're because you're worse. you'd have to keep trying to focus the camera, and your character starts swimming in a weird diagonal <laughs> direction that you have to interpret. And you're just like, "Fuck, come on, man!" But just think it's how like many... it's like in my Mario Galaxy playthrough where I got the stupid fucking flying power, and then the camera's like, "I'm just gonna like do whatever, man." I'm like, "No, what? <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? Follow me." <laughs> Or the swimming in, in Ninja Gaiden Black that you're playing right now. Or Tomb Raider, uh. the first three... Swimming in the first three Tomb Raiders was a nightmare. I think even in later Tomb Raiders was still a nightmare. It's all, like, it's never... Swimming is frustrating swimming is... because you're not using... <laughs> you're not moving how you want to move. So when you're, yeah. when you're doing a platformer, you move by pushing on the joystick and that moves you forward. But suddenly you have to move using a button and timing how much someone moves based on that button press, which is always disorienting because you're like, I pressed A mm -hmm. and this guy kicked four times instead of three. And you're like, well, now I'm too far. Now I have to turn around <laughs> and, and you have inertia press a to kick back. Like you, yeah. you usually keep There's, going after you press the direction. You're like, I swear to God, which, which you can it's compensate a lot more physics. easier. Every swimming yeah. level is also an ice level, but you can compensate <laughs> by this. You can compensate for this when you're on land by just moving back right you can back, if you move yeah. a little too forward you're like uh, uh or you can jump away uh, from a ledge or whatever but you can't do that with swimming when you fuck up in swimming you, you must can commit in real to the life, mistake though. you can even well, sure, but a video game doesn't the game doesn't do that yeah yeah <laughs> but doesn't make it bad it just means you suck at swimming learn to swim nerd it's nah, not my fault it's not the same kind of game like it's it, look at knights and knights is basically a game about swimming i'm talking knights for the sega saturn it's just a game about swimming. You're swimming all the time. There's no walking in that game. And it's 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 usually popular to the 1.5 million people who bought a Sega Saturn. Uh, or whatever. How it, That console didn't sell very much. The point is, it's a game just about that. And it works. And and there were a lot of other games like Panzer Dragoon back then that was uh, just about flying in one direction and things like if you specialize the game around a specific control scheme, it works. But if when it's a 3D game, a 3D platformer, you already have to learn so many things about the the 3D ness of the of the controls. Then you send 
swimming in there. You might as well just let the person be on the surface and swim like that. That's the easiest way to solve things. You don't need to have water. It's fine. Just, uh, I don't know. That's, I think, and what I was trying to say with the 4D sort of thing is that uh, when you have swimming in 2D, it's not the same problem. Like, it, it adds a little bit. It's like the ice uh, levels of Mario or whatever. It adds a little bit more complexity to your two-dimensional navigation. But it, it, isn't, it isn't anywhere near the same problem as it is in 3D. And so it's already difficult bringing 2D design ideas into 3D let alone swimming because it's just it's it's a nightmare and it, i hear so many people complain about swimming levels i'm not the like i don't like swimming levels either <laughs> just like uh. i'm so fascinated by how like skyward sword was like a two wrongs make a right situation where somehow like motion controls and swimming combined to be the best swimming ever <laughs> like the motion yeah. controls of the swimming almost work better than the motion controls in the rest of the game <laughs> You're like, what the fuck is happening right now fascinating that's interesting it's so smooth you're like what is happening i don't understand man my mario galaxy was an experience where like it's like oh it's one of the most critically acclaimed games and everyone loses their shit and it's the best platformer ever and then like the last quarter of the game every new mechanic they introduce is bad just just bad like all the way bad and you're like i hate this what the fuck like there's one where you there's the spring power that has just bizarrely finicky timing and they can make you do it on a bunch of weird tracks where you're like, <coughs> we're like timing based. You're like going to die because this fucking platform is going to vanish behind under you if you don't execute this thing in a specific time window. But you have to press the jump button perfectly timed with exactly how it interprets you landing on the ground. And if you time it anything about it wrong, then you just miss the entire jump. And sometimes that was the only chance you had at all. And that's just like fascinatingly frustrating and then they have the uh, the fucking flying power up where the camera just doesn't fucking follow you for some reason. Like somehow it's worse than flying in other Mario games. And then the uh, there's like, oh, it's here's a note. Go collect 100 notes. I'm like, can I not? Can I not slowly pick up 100 <laughs> pointless fucking things? And that's what the level is like. It, it really runs out of steam. I, I didn't like that direction. I don't know about the Maybe controls. You, yeah, you just need to get good. I just always... I just always hear the hype of like, oh my God, it's the game that was like, it was so overflowing with ideas. They had to make a whole sequel just to finish getting all their great ideas out. It's like, I I mean, they should have, they could have cut a few. <laughs> they could have cut a few near the end that were pretty fucking skippable, actually. That's what I'm seeing is pretty contrary to what everyone's been saying about this game. It's not that the game's like suddenly bad, but I'm like, really? It's so overflowing with great ideas. They had to make a whole sequel to finish executing them because like the first game has ideas that were not worth executing the first time. That fucking <laughs> like... That fucking Mobius strip water level where you just fucking race nobody in a circle for a while and try not to fall off, and that's the whole level. And then they do it again later, and you're like, why? Would you like Wait, water was physics a in, a, strip? in a weird in a weird racing sequence that you never? I don't know. It's just it's like a figure eight. It's you always have to take in the air. You always have to take like praise to Nintendo games with like less than a grain of salt. You need to be literally like microscoping every single one because a lot of them have uh like short-term memory loss and so they will remember <laughs> the general feel but they will definitely forget all of the important bits of a nintendo game you can ask somebody and they'll be like yeah mario galaxy was the best and you're like yeah but what about this They're like i don't remember that being in the game you're like okay well that would change <laughs> your perspective a little bit here um 
And that happens like Zelda uh, games all, are all like the, that. All the, com- all the comments that are like, yeah. Ocarina of Time will literally always be the best Zelda game forever, no matter what. And also, it was completely flawless, and the controls haven't aged at all. It controls perfectly. And also, I literally never got stuck as a kid, so what's wrong with you? <laughs> like That's just like yeah. every fucking comment on all of Majora's yeah. Mask and, and uh, Ocarina of Time, and they're so exhausting. It's like, People- I literally never believe anyone that ever claims to remember what it was like to play a game as a kid, because I you can. there's yeah. no fucking way there's no way i do yeah the, no no you can't you don't remember the times you get stuck you don't remember all the like foolish mistakes like like what? things simple like not knowing not knowing a mechanic you like imagine you're playing a game playing for a couple of days that's hours and hours right we're just playing like eight hours let's say eight hours no, 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 playing the game and then you find out oh wait i can heal there's a potion here okay i'm gonna heal and then you don't beat yourself up because, you know, you're just, oh, nice, potions. And yeah, you continue playing no the game. And at, and at the end of the game, years pass, you're like, oh, that game was really fun. I could heal and all that. And you don't remember the freaking <laughs> 16 episodes of YouTube content worth that you were playing yeah. a game without healing. Because like, you wow. countless hours of not <laughs> understanding how to actually complete objectives of various kinds in GoldenEye <laughs> and Perfect Dark. Because, like, how do you even find some of that stuff? Or, like, I remember as a kid having the demo for i for uh uh tomb raider i think where there's like a cave with a tiger in it and uh Ico. and in both cases i'm pretty sure i never like got out of like the first room like just like fundamentally didn't understand what those games were or what i was supposed what? to do in them same thing for like mist like how many yeah. millions of people because of the popularity of that game like launched into mist and like literally didn't figure out how to start one of the ages me <laughs> the first time You're i played like, mist oh, no, i had no idea you click around a bit and then you like i don't know, ask your parents to give you something fun <laughs> yep i uh no i i think a lot of you sound like you need to be more critical of yourselves because i remember <laughs> all of my failures in playing video games i never <laughs> really let myself don't. forget how bad i was i'm Lies. no i remember i i i i can tell you i i remember every single failure in clock in clock tower I know exactly what rooms I walked into and how I got killed. I know how, like, how far I got in that sound. game before I quit. That was me burping and talking at the same time. Uh, <laughs> I remember that was, that was a clock tower guy getting me finally catching up after all these years. The um, I remember Banjo Kazooie. I struggled a lot with uh, with the Halloween level because I couldn't find where some of the uh, some of the jig or the jiggies were because they're like on the second story of the mansion, which I didn't know you could just get into. I didn't know you could just yeah. walk onto the top of the mansion. And so I was just fucking annoyed. I kept like, I would do all the other missions or all the other levels. And I'd come back like, where the fuck are these jiggies? I need to hundred percent this game. And eventually just, I think, I think I remember I learned how to do it because I went to GameStop and I just picked up one of their like Prima strategy guides. And I just turned to the page. I was like, where the fuck are the jiggies? And I was like, oh, you could go in the window in one of the mansions. I was like, I'm fucked. That's it. And I just ran home and went to the stupid mansion. But I don't remember how I found it out, but I do remember specifically not getting that correctly. I had no idea how to get those jiggies. I got, I remember playing Pitfall for the Super Nintendo and failing every goddamn fucking time I had to jump to fucking make this third level jump because there's a snake at the fucking end of the jump and you have to time it right with the snake snapping at you and I always fucking failed it. I hated it. I remember it to this day. I remember playing 
Animaniacs and sucking so much ass when it came to doing the stupid broomstick speedrun level. When you're like running through and you have to dodge the trees and jump over them and, and move left and right because I fucking sucked at that. And I could never beat that one fucking level. I remember all of it because I hate myself every single waking moment that I do not do something perfectly. And like that's what you need to do in order to be good at video games. You need to hate yourself so much <laughs> that you will not accept anything else but what, you, what the best you could possibly do. Telling you, that's how you remember how good you are at games. People, my point is, people don't do that. They should because <laughs> it's healthy and it's how you build a good dynamic with interacting the media that you interact with. I remember a lot of anime just because I hate it out of spite. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't. I, yeah, I'm not. And that's sure how I remember a lot of video extreme, games, but. <laughs> It is. It sounds like all of you are living a, we a really uh, too much of an idealistic lifestyle. You need to you hate more. You think too much hearts. of yourselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You think too much of yourselves. You're not gonna, you're not gonna beat yourselves up for twenty years over not being good at a game on the Super Nintendo. Come on, guys, get it together. I probably should do. I probably <laughs> actually should go back and play Pitfall. I never beat it, and I really regret not beating it. But I'm too uh. scared that I'm gonna be bad at playing Pitfall, and I don't want to go never back and liked play it. it at any point in my life. <laughs> What pitfall? pitfall? Yeah, even as a kid, I'm like, this this is miserable. Why would I do this? Uh, I'm not talking like about every the, second I, of the game plays a nightmare. I don't know if we're talking about the same pitfall game. I don't know. You jump over pits and you like swing on vines sometimes, and the whole yeah, game I'm is misery. Yeah, I'm talking about pitfall. The Mayan adventure. Um, so maybe we are talking about the same one. It's not the not the shitty one where it's just like you can see the ground below you. And it's just like you're running on the top and you have to jump over the gator heads and all that stuff. Is that no the one idea. you're talking about? It's just, it's just a really old video game. A really okay, old that, video we're talking game. About a and I'm like, why would anyone want more game. of this? Fuck this. Okay, yeah, I think we're talking about a different I think it was just game. called Pitfall, the end. Yes. Yeah, Pitfall is the, is, is the OG one. So, hold on. That's the, that's the old Activision game. So here are the two different Pitfalls. You have the one made by Activision for Atari, which is just a man basically running in a straight line and jumping over obstacles sometimes, or if you're I bad, you I think I might have played and hated both of those. Uh, the top that one... sounds like... Yeah. The one that looks a lot nicer, looks kind of like Lion King, the, the video game for the Super Nintendo, that one was a fucking nightmare because it has two things that I absolutely despise. Pixel-perfect jumps... And collectibles Oof. and pixel-perfect jumps. So <laughs> it's a nightmare. I hated it so much. Uh, but I never beat it. So I don't know, I don't know how it ends. And I, I, I regret that to this day. I should did you probably... Ever, hmm? Did you ever play Lion King? Did you ever beat it? Yeah, I beat, I beat Lion King. Uh, I beat Lion, Lion King, King so I beat difficult. Aladdin. Uh, yeah, it was all right. There, there were definitely some that, levels that pushed me to an extreme. But... No, the giraffes the are giraffes. easy. Giraffes are the best part. Ah. I love the giraffes. But that's, Dang, that's because it. giraffes required platforming and good memorization skills. You needed to know where you were going, and you needed to be good at landing on the heads. That I can do. That's not a problem. I can't. The problems I, can't. I had were trying, to, uh, were trying to climb up in certain levels and not get hit by enemies. Because some enemies were just a nightmare to deal with. And, you, you know, those old games are meant to, like, yep. take your lives like crazy. And so, and there's no, like, checkpoint system. Is it like, oh man, I fucked yep. up. I guess I'll come back later. It's like, no, goodbye. Come start from zero again, nerd. And you're like, 
<laughs> terrible design. Whole, terrible design. Whole afternoon gone. Fuck you. <laughs> yep. That's but why I all of Castlevania <laughs> in one go. That's called a speed yeah. run. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way to beat Castlevania. Speed. See, speedrunners are people like me, but on the next level higher than me. They're on the tier a little bit higher. They're the ones <laughs> that that like had to beat the game and then got so mad that they beat it, but didn't beat it at their expectations. So they want to go back and beat it faster and faster, and they want to beat it to an extreme level where you're like, okay, guys, you're pretty good at this game. Do you need to keep going? They're like. This isn't even my final form. And you're like, shit, I think that guy's going to beat the game in five seconds. He's doing some weird math. And like, that's He's doing some weird math. <laughs> it's like the <laughs> Super Mario games. It's like, okay, I'm going to do like, did you know that if you press this and this and this, it causes some bit value devalue, like bit value devaluations. And then like the stock market crashes and it goes to the cutscene, And you're like, uh, no, how would I ever figure that? How the fuck did you even <laughs> do that? Why would you do that? Crashes. It's like, it's so stupid. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it literally is just like, a, oh, I, I killed like five enemies and that one last enemy had like a bit value and now I'm going to go and touch this thing which changes that bit value to this and then now the bit value is this. If I hit this enemy while the bit value is set to this and jump over this at the exact right time, it causes the game to just end. And you're like... Mario, Mario is how? definitely like that. How did, did you, you math I saw that? A video. Who did that? Who sat down and opened... <laughs> fucking calculator on their computer and typed in numbers and figured that out because i hate them that's awful don't do that <laughs> go just do anything else with your time don't do that it's I, so upsetting i think they're at the point where they they need to like the current strategy strategies for super mario bros is to that like it's all based on reverse engineering the game so like they know how the programming works and they're gonna be like oh look at this there's there's like a it's like it's like hacking, basically, except they're doing it through normal gameplay, but using knowledge. I think it's specifically, I've, I've, you know, YouTube suggests all this sort of video, so I, I've seen a bunch of them. Uh, but I think it's specifically related to the, um, to like the, um, the timing or the clock or something. There's a lot of stuff that you're referring to in, in, in that. That like, if you're, if you're in a if you end this level on a second that is a multiplier of seven or something like that, like it's if it's second seven or second 14 or 21, and if you end the, the, the first level on that clock, then the enemy is going to appear at this particular stage and you're going to be able to just, you know, hold right and end the game faster. There's there's weird stuff like that. And if, if you if you're foolish enough to click on the things that YouTube suggests to you, then you learn all about it. And then there's a, there's a new trend now in in um in YouTube speedrun videos that is like this speedrun is so cheating that I can't even believe it. And then it's like a 30 minute video of somebody who is cheating, uh. But then it's it's very obvious. But they milked it out of it into a 30 minute video, and you watch that all well, the whole thing, because you because you yeah. I am I am I have very good priorities. Don't question me. <laughs> I will say a lot of cheating in speedruns tend to be like, man, I sure hope no one knows how this game works. And it's like, uh, um, yeah, the, you're posting this to a community of people who are, uh, how they do have, I like, say? Nothing else to think about. Kind of <laughs> obsessed about the game that you're posting. this. <laughs> it's always like, oh, he thought he could get away, but I know exactly how the menu works from an, uh, from like an emotional level. I know, I don't, I know that, uh, you know, like I know every variation of that menu. I know exactly what everything does. Like, all right, man. Well, I know the frame right. data of that menu. 
<laughs> Kill no, that's true. Me. Yeah, it, it, in, in some games, yeah, I bet that is true. Someone's like, it's like you can't trick me. I know it can't even turn that red hue unless you've done four different types of backflips in this map. And you're like, oh my god, all right, <laughs> yep. shit. That sounds legit. That is legit. Uh, but it's, it's fun. Wild. It's fun to watch. Uh, like I think I watched a video recently about uh cheater and Cel uh, Celestine, Celestine, and mm. like a cheater in the speedrun community for that and. I thought it was pretty obvious, but uh, I could see how it was really deceptive in the moment. Like, it was pretty good. It was just like, ah, they put a thing at the... They put this, like, weird image in the bottom right of the screen for some reason, but it's, like, their avatar or whatever. And so people are like, oh, that's just him making his avatar, you know, branding or whatever. But I was like, wait a second, isn't that... That's Because I played that game. I, like, 100% of that game. And I was like, isn't that the location where... It, shows you if you're loading or not and it was like that that's was the cheating it was like oh we didn't know that he was he hadn't actually been to these levels before uh because it's like it if you've been to a level before it won't do a checkpoint because you've already been there it doesn't need to do the checkpoint um and so he's hiding oh, so he was that. playing the levels he was yeah playing the levels so he's playing over, and over again yeah. yeah he was going back and playing the levels and splicing together a playthrough of his perfect time his perfect times per level and you wouldn't notice it because it's transitioning to the next level. And so it looks legitimate. Um, mm -hmm. And because the speedrunning community for that game doesn't, uh, they don't grab the collectibles. So at the end of the game, it makes sense that he doesn't have collectibles. Um, mm -hmm. But so, yeah, it was just a, um, yeah, it was just, I was like, oh, that's really obvious. But, it, but somebody who doesn't know, like, I can see how that makes sense where someone would be like, oh, I, didn't really think about the fact that checkpoint doesn't appear because I would have to go back and play these levels over and over again for me to even register that. So like, yeah, sometimes people are just like too intimate with a game when you're like, I'm going to trick you guys. It's like, who? You're going to trick like the common guy down the street who's played Celestine once. You're not going to trick these guys who like have a speed run world championship. Like, oh, there's a lot. Gonna... There's a lot of cheaters, though. Even even the ones that are recognized, I'm sure that a lot of them are 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 cheating. Yeah, well, the obvious. Well, no, I mean, I'm not accusing like anyone big... in particular. I'm just saying that it's it it's, it seems so prevalent. Like I'm sure that they get by a bunch of them. As far as I'm aware, the best way to cheat in speedrunning is to sue anybody who tells you that you're cheating. Um, I found that that is <laughs> seems to be the best way to do it. Uh, My favorite speedruns name... are still Dark Souls. Dark Souls speedruns. Yeah, it's watch, fun. Watch me roll out of stuff. this game. What? <laughs> and they they do the the thing where. Uh, if the game triggers the death camera, but you don't actually die, and it only happens like in a couple of locations, and then they go into Sense Fortress because the gate is not loaded, and they skip all the whole level, and then all the things, and it's, it's brilliant. I will, I will never understand. Parry. Yeah, I'll never understand the appeal of or. Uh... <laughs> they beat they beat Elden Rings in thirty something minutes now. I think the the first, the, the best time right now. What's my excuse? <laughs> Yeah, What's wanna, everybody's excuse me? Like, oh, it's hundreds of hours. <laughs> yeah. How does anyone it, else how how does it even work? You just go. No. I did. I did see I've Batman. seen videos about the Batman, but I, not, not... Videos <laughs> about the Batman. I've seen videos yeah. about the Batman. I've, I've watched around Batman, but I haven't watched yeah. the Batman. <laughs> you know, I think as, I get the basic premise. Do. Rich guy yeah, yeah. in a suit beats up poor people. All right, I get, I get it. I get it. You don't need to... Trying to be neo-noir neo yeah, a little and fails. <laughs> and then you play the same Nirvana song later. <laughs> Something in the way. 
Oh man, that is a good theme song for that Batman. I have a I have a work colleague that went to watch the Batman last weekend and then he broke a foot. So don't do that. What do you think is <laughs> what do you think is series uh, of events? <laughs> I, I think it's correlated. I think it's a uh, it's. I a, think it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a curse. Yeah. What is the what is the what is the uh playlist? What's the playlist that Batman's listening to when he's riding his little motorcycle? Do you think it's a? Do you think he's listening to like? heavy metal or do you think he's listening to uh he's not cool enough for heavy metal he's batman is he not i don't know no. i feel like he would work out to heavy metal i feel like that's pretty maybe like a like nah. a, a remix like a heavy metal remix <laughs> nah i don't know he listens to I'm... like lame stuff from the 80s like weird things that nobody what? remembers anymore yeah that's what like what do you what do you think he's listening to like weird uh like bioshock music all the time it's like the weird like <laughs> game uh, soundtracks that's what like I no like the like the old 50s music or whatever it's like i'm oh. coming down the window and you're like what is who's saying why what is this why did you make this who stop this i'm uh, afraid of bats is that a song oh i guess no, he would i guess why. he probably wouldn't like a, when, maybe why. he maybe he would listen to Ozzy Osbourne. Ozzy like bit into a bat <laughs> once, right? So maybe he can relate. He's like, yeah, yeah, kill that bat. <laughs> uh, what about the Batman, Keith? Why, why were you asking uh, about the Batman? Did, did you like it at all? Uh, do you like any movies though? It's <laughs> maybe a bad uh, question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's probably a bad question. Uh, no, not really. But um, that's. I think it. I personally, I. I how do I, how would I explain this? I think there's, I was trying to explain it yesterday when I, yeah, because we wa watched it yesterday. I was trying to explain it. I was like, I don't, I didn't like, uh, I didn't feel like it was Batman, if that makes sense. I don't think it had the spirit of Batman. I think it, it wasn't, uh, I don't know. It, it wasn't, it wasn't. I literally specifically mm -hmm. thought like, holy shit, this is Batman. Like actually Batman. Really? And not like the bullshit that we've, that we've been getting for the last decade. I. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I had the opposite. Where he's I was like, a, he's I, a I detective, just, I, like what Batman is, but he's also indestructible, like the Hulk. <laughs> well, he's got he's got like armored armor and whatnot. No, but it's like no, a, no, 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 no. The man took a whole clip of a submachine gun and a shotgun point blank and just like yeah. kept going. That there's there's a difference between armor and plot armor, and Batman <laughs> has some hard plot armor in that movie. Like you. That You're telling me that sad. he took a shotgun to the face and none of the shells like hit his face, hit his literal head. Like they just it, it yeah, all no, this, this movie definitely body. committed to like, the idea that this version of Batman's like bulletproof. He's like indestructible, dude. He took an explosion to the face and didn't even lose his chin hair. I don't know, man. It's kind of stupid. It's like he's he's too he's too unbreakable. I I I I'm also. I want to point well, out what, that his what suit, they really broke was his feelings. <laughs> also, his suit is bigger than him, which I thought was really funny. So whoever's in the suit uh, or like whatever is in that suit is like padded out. He has like bigger arms in the suit than he has in real life, which I thought was really funny because uh, it makes him look buff, like makes it look really buff. But then when he's out, when it's just Robert Pattinson, he's like, I'm not going to get buff for this. He just looks like a normal yeah, I remember, guy. I remember like, him saying that. Like there was a thing, like he was, he, was, he wasn't going to do the fucking like Christian Bale like get jacked cycle and whatnot. That's like, yeah, fucking made the other guy miserable. Uh, Bat Ben Affleck. 
like just of yeah, course like, yeah, like yeah. people have just people have just hated being Batman. He's just like nah. <laughs> yeah, because I, I remember when it was like showed him, when it showed him out of like, oh was shit, like, Alfred's Gollum. I, that was the cast. The cast is great. Uh, except for the poor. I, I love the cast. Villain. I like the, the detective. The, the villain's so bad. I I was kind of upset about that. I, I liked know. Paul Dano. I just didn't like the. I didn't like all the voice changer shit that most of the movie uses. That's like, okay, this is kind of annoying. Actually. Really? I thought I, I thought Paul Dano was a, a terrible choice. Show up. He did not. No, he didn't Dano, fit. He didn't, fun. he didn't fit. He didn't fit at all what I imagined that character I just, to be. I just don't like anything they did to the Riddler in the movie. Basically, like as a villain was kind of a. I liked. I had. I enjoyed. Uh, not Stanley Tucci. What's his name? Mm. You know, like uh, you know, like incel terrorist I like, Riddler. I like, I like the other. I like the other villain better. The one that's from... Wait, uh, how many villains does he have? It has one. two villains. One of them oh, kind of shows no. up as a surprise oh, like, and kind sure, of becomes like the main plot for the middle of the movie, essentially. I don't like uh, I wouldn't call, I wouldn't name? call him a villain. But he's from the Night who? Of, and he's from Oops. Transformers. He gets peed on. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Are you talking about who the, what, char- what his character name the is? Or are you talking about the dude. actor? I'm trying to that's remember the, the actor. <laughs> yeah, it's, oh, the yeah, actor. I, I remember seeing his name and be like, oh, shit, that's him. Like the live the same live the moment the act, the character's name showed up on screen. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, okay, I recognize that. Um, he's like uh, Penguin's boss. See. He's I know who you're boss. talking and, uh, about, but yeah, I don't remember. Uh, John Tu Turtro. Yeah, he had eczema in the night of. <laughs> it's a really good series. I I, I could that not. Be I, as, I honestly. I, he's pro- I uh my girlfriend said he was he was really good so I'm gonna take her opinion on it. Uh, <laughs> she liked him as Falcone. I couldn't stop seeing him as the Transformers guy. So he's just completely <laughs> tarnished, completely in my like, like. You've like seen those too much, haven't you? Yeah, I've seen I've seen too much Transformers. So I I cannot uh this I basically if I see his face I only imagine the guy getting peed on by yeah. Transformers. And be like, hey, hey it's a car peeing on me, and I'm like. I, I, I mostly forget them before they're over and then I never see them again. And I haven't seen, I yeah. still haven't seen the, the, the time travel Nazi one. I'm, I'm glad for you. It must, must be well, nice. My last Transformers experience was with you and Joe where we were at the, the evil chromosomes. <laughs> <laughs> he infected him with his evil chromosomes. And I'm like, all right, I'm done with, I don't think I need to watch any more of these. Uh, that's enough why is this guy carry good... around an age of consent card what the fuck <laughs> what a good time why is that alive, in the movie man. michael bay why is that guy have an age of consent card about like the legality from state to... what the fuck it's laminated it like the joker's card that explains his, his disability <laughs> but it's like the fucking like age of consent in ohio or whatever the fuck uh, i'm like i don't I like mean... this I think people like that are a disability. He's going to infect you with his evil chromosomes. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, that, that is certainly one way to interpret it. I think uh, I think the penguin actually was probably the best. Um, uh, the most it was really accurate funny how many representation. Keep going, hey, what, what are you doing here? What are, you, what are you walking over here? What? Uh, oh my god! <laughs> like, oh like, my god! There was like I... six characters that sounded like that, including Penguin. And I'm like, I can't believe this is happening. It's so funny. I hated that so much. It like uh, hey. I, I think the way I think the way my girlfriend described it is that everyone everyone thought that they were everyone's first time is in New York, 
I feel like everyone just visited New York for the first time in their life. And so everyone's just like, hey, I'm walking here. Hey, what you talking about? Hey, it's Batman. <laughs> like, it's, it was why? so fucking funny. <laughs> so stupid. Um, but yeah, I think I think Penguin looked the most accurate, right? Like, I think he looked as close to his character as I think you can possibly get. <laughs> yeah, when I get. bring back gay twink um, uh, Penguin from CW. No, thank you. I'm, I'm Maybe good. after I'm six good. seasons, I, he and the Riddler will kiss. I think oh, I did that like that. The, I actually did like that Riddler a lot. Oh my god, is that supposed to be? Oh wait, what Riddler? The Riddler from the CW Gotham show. Oh, I never saw that. He he works at uh, Gotham PD as a as the uh, is he the coroner or the he's he does oh, he, he does is. the autopsies. So he's like he's like but he's but obviously he's on the way to becoming the Riddler. So like by the end it's like he's up to shit. But like his 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 starting point is that he's the uh, he's just an irritating guy that they have to deal with whenever they have to do autopsies. That just does stupid fucking riddles and just like gets in their way and is irritating. But he but he's really good at his job. Mm -hmm. I trying to think who else I, I appreciate that they apparently just conceded that Halle Berry was the best Catwoman that ever existed um, they just kind of recreated her as best they could yeah they just recreated her as best as they possibly could and I would just I felt bad because um, I feel like the actress could have done I think she would have been really great as Catwoman if she didn't if, there, if it just felt like someone gave her the direction of like hey Halle Berry is you now do that and you i might feel be like forgetting she probably... how deranged the halle berry Catwoman was that was well, a fuck there was those were choices well okay but i think All that was that was a... she was doing and hallucinating cats and so it was so yeah, much that, so Zoe, i, I Zoe think Kravitz that did fine that that uh, that aspect was really bad uh obviously that i think that was a directorial choice not halle berry's choice but i think the idea of a very independent very strong uh cat loving but also like in weirdly in the scene right like I, th I don't think catwoman is usually in the scene like she was i i don't know i don't know how to describe it it's like i guess i'm thinking in of the like scene. The, in the the crime scene like that she's like part of the comedic cast of of cartoon uh, you mean the part where she's in she's involved with like penguins organization as opposed to just yeah. being like a random thief yeah, yeah. Like I, I thought she yeah, was no, just, that's I, just I, them, like that's just them being like the characters that we use for this particular movie are going to be involved in the plot and backstory and setting of what's happening in the movie. So yeah, it's elegant that makes to sense. put the characters together so that you can tell a story instead of being like, here's yeah. my deal. I just kind of show up for no reason also. And now I have to explain my entire backstory of why I'm involved for some reason. It's like, OK, no, <laughs> she's she knows the lady that was at the that disappeared from the place and she works there. And so now she has reason to be throughout the movie and all that. Otherwise, True. she's like uh, just as completely separate from the story as Batman. And you have to spend like 20 minutes establishing who the fuck she is and where she came from, which is wasted because none of it affects the real plot. Yeah, she doesn't matter at all to the story, which is kind of weird. Um, which she I think matters you, a lot to the story. That's my point. No, she, I, I felt like I I'm felt saying like she wouldn't didn't... matter to the story as much if she was an independent character that came from nowhere, because oh. she would just be a cameo. She'd be like, ah, the Flash is in this movie, too. Here's a, let's explain the Flash for 20 minutes instead of just being like, oh, she's completely incorporated in the story. So all the time you spend explaining Catwoman's also explaining the plot because they're tied. I guess she uh, I guess. I'm trying to think of her contribution to the overall 
uh, the the overall crime. Like, I think she helped in, like, post-club scene. I don't think she mattered anymore. I think she just became, like, a... <laughs> I think it's just a problem. Like, she just showed up and was, like, really an unhinged and kind of a problem to deal with. And I was like, all right, well... I mean, the club scene was, like, go... the end of the movie. Because that was the no, end of it the, wasn't. the middle, no, the middle it... of movie villain. No, no, no. No, no. No, no, no. It was uh, in the beginning. It still was in the beginning. Remember, this is, like, a three-hour movie. Um... Well, I thought you meant the it, part where they, where the, the, like, the power adage happens and stuff. Oh, no, not that part. No, I'm talking where about... she's extremely uh, is the story of the movie. No, no, I'm talking about where she's IDing people. Um, that, that was, like, after that point, I don't think she really mattered much um, uh, in terms of the story. I think she just became, just like, a, I guess, a risk to Batman. I would have... I don't know. It's whatever. I don't really care. But the, uh, but yeah, I, I think it's, it's all right. I think there's like a lot of, there's some stuff that it did pretty good, but I think I, I always just keep wanting, I just keep wanting the, the old nineties cartoon Batman. I just want someone who's not, I don't want someone who's, uh, pretending to be Batman. If that makes sense. Everyone feels like they're pretending to be <laughs> Batman. Um, like, even fucking Robert does the stupid raspy voice. I hate that. The, like, I'm, I'm Batman. How are you doing? No, yeah, there like, is something nice about how the, uh, how the animated Batman just talked. Yes, yeah. Isn't fact, it, isn't it he nice that he's just a person? I think he even <laughs> talked the same way as Bruce Wayne, right? Like, it was just, that was just yes. his voice in every scene. Yeah, and he just, just talks really, normal. It was this really smooth voice actor voice, which is the, the bonus of having voice actors. And it would be nice yeah, I'm, if I'm I don't Batman. know I don't know who keeps upkeeping the plague of Christian Bale Batman, but stop, say no. Oh, it was it wasn't no as bad as Christian Bale Batman though. That was sometimes literally even... incomprehensible in in the Batman yes. movies. So I definitely I feel like you, I definitely feel like why, I dodged a bullet by why literally you... never watching any of the Batfleck movies. I didn't watch any of them either, so I have no idea what happened in those ones. Yeah, I just went straight um, from the last okay Batman movies to this one without any of the fucking Batman vs. Superman mess. I, Do you bleed? You will. I, I just all don't know. All I have is why? the memes. What? Like, if you, if you look, if you, if you take a step back and you look at Batman and you go like, what are the things that make you laugh about Batman? And you can find stuff like you have... Um, uh, Tim Burton's nipple Batman or you have um, <laughs> no no <laughs> what no no what the nip that was the uh was it Lars Lars von Tr I don't know that's the uh that wasn't Tim Burton that was the movie. yeah that was not Tim Burton that was the guy that yeah. that does a lot of that in all of his movies I think he made Fifth Element Wait, no, I think I think you're wrong. I think he is the no, one. They had made... bat nipples, and the one where the guy really wanted some hum some male forms in his movie because that's that's specific to that director. Oh, it is. I think Tim Burton Batman was just was not nipply. That's also the one where they had the bat credit card. Just is it fucking uh, Leslie Martinson, Mister Freeze, or whatever? Maybe. But either way, the point I'm trying to make isn't about the director. It's about the fact that each Batman movie has a stupid thing about Batman, right? There's always something that makes Batman silly. His neck can't move. 
He's got protruding nipples. <laughs> he's got a credit card, a Batman credit card. Like there's always something Dude. incredibly stupid about Batman in every Batman movie. But suddenly from Christian Bale's Batman movie, his stupid thing was the shitty voice, the shitty Batman voice. And that became a consistent plague on Batman Forever. Every Batman now has to talk like they're trying to go overcome a, th- a cold. And I don't know <laughs> why. I don't know why other directors continue to use that. Is there like, are they not aware that we, we that people that people remember it badly. It's not a fond thing. People aren't like, man, I remember that Christian Bale Batman sounded real cool. They make a joke because he sounded stupid. They make a joke. And so yeah. when you make when you make other Batman sound stupid, then your Batman sounds stupid. <laughs> That's that goes against the there we go. That goes against <laughs> the point. I don't think you should have a stupid sounding. You know, Batman, Batman think, doing a voice is goofy and it was always a weird, annoying choice. Um I think Robert Pattinson is fine as Batman. I think he's like, I don't know. He's, he's okay. Uh, I, I don't think he's the worst Batman that's ever played. I think he has the chin for it. I think he has the best Batman chin. Oh my chin. God. <laughs> um, he has a really good chin for Batman. But, he looks fake. It's freaky. Yeah, it's freaky. <laughs> but, uh, but I don't think he is a good Bruce Wayne. <laughs> if that makes sense i don't think he's a good bruce wayne um and i think that comes down to his mannerisms i don't think he moves very natural naturally i think bruce, i think bruce wayne like again it's isn't the joke like bruce wayne is his mask his persona and batman's his real him or whatever and so like with batman he moves he's supposed to like feel more uh i guess like more natural or whatever and or sorry not feel more natural i bruce wayne's supposed to feel more natural because he's trying to keep up an appearance he's trying to be normal he's trying to be like ah i'm disguising myself but his batman's like a nightmare you're like what is this dark souls boss happening at me and he's like doing weird kickflips and spinning and you know just he's so acrobatic but bruce wayne's supposed to be like normal like a human being he's supposed to be presentable you you know that like i don't know he's i don't know how to explain it he's he's a person but robert pattinson didn't feel like a person when he was bruce wayne he just felt like this weird like i don't know like a like a person who's never been outside before he's like oh oh, oh god uh what am i supposed to do do i look people in the eye do i look down do i look left do i hunch do i not it's like it felt really weird to watch him not be batman and i think that's not great but i think you can change that just like hit him with a ruler in the back when he's slouching or whatever and i think he'll fix it <laughs> well i think they're intentionally but, going for it too with the idea i think they were specifically trying to make him look like this like he's out of his element when he's actually like behaving as bruce wayne anymore because he's just okay, fucking then, living as his weird persona all the time then take a ruler and hit the director when he has batman do that and get him out of that phase <laughs> um but someone needs to be hit with a ruler on the back to stop doing that because i don't i don't think that's good I, I think that's a bad bruce wayne i think you want you want bruce wayne to be cocky and arrogant because i think that is a good example of like he is he is basically playing the example problem with gotham he's like he is just riding his own wealth and happy with uh, the life he has, even if he doesn't care about it at all. The persona that he plays fits in well with the other problems of yeah. Gotham. Well, I think I think there's uh, an arc to be had where he learns to adopt the persona because it was always fake. No arc. No arc. I don't want any arcs. So you got to come <laughs> out right out the gate. Well, That's I have what news I want. about movies and storytelling. <laughs> and they're never good. I know that already. I watch them. 
but there is a way you can try uh and so we come full for full circle but he has to, he has to I, learn to do the performance and have like a reason to do it other because yeah like it, it, the whole point of bruce wayne is that it's not real like it's not a person like he never he's never being himself yeah I just the weird douchebag, which is why it's funny. It's like I'm gonna antagonize. Like he's like he's antagonizing people. I think and like when he's a uh, uh, Christian Bale when he's Bruce Wayne. Oh. Like like he's just like you can tell yeah. he's like fucking with people and being a weird douchebag to perform being the worst because otherwise people might clock him as Batman if he's like oh yes I'm so noble and here's my code like. <laughs> He just walks in super stoic and it's like, ah, you give off the air of a vigilante. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> do you perchance like to punch poor people in the face? Like, how do, do you I know? ever? I mean, how do you know? <laughs> Pass the ketchup, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, I, I thought it was uh, I thought it was really silly. Uh, I guess maybe because I'm uh, I I wasn't believing it for a second, but it was really silly where they try to get they try to uh, goat you into thinking that uh, that like the Batman's identity has been revealed, and you're like, oh no! But I <laughs> I know that like I mean, you, lore. I mean, it can happen. It can happen to some extent. I, well, like, there's I, there's it, multiple it can, super villains that but, are smart enough to solve who Batman is. But and I think specifically the Joker doesn't care. Not that one. No, the I Joker the doesn't care. Nope. I thought the Riddler, no, he doesn't. Because the, the Batman he, only cares about... Because, uh, yeah, the Joker the Riddler, only cares about the Batman. The Riddler was only able to ever figure out Batman's identity when he had uh, when he had superpowers. But otherwise, he's always too stupid to. Because the Riddler is an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> he is notoriously stupid. And, uh, he, yeah, he never figures out Batman's identity except for one time where he has, like, super intelligence. And then he figures it out. He's like, wait a second. I know who you are. And then once he loses that super intelligence, he forgets who Batman is because he can't figure it out. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, the Riddler's too stupid and he'll never know who Batman is, which is what makes it fun. Because, again, all he knows is shitty like dime store riddles that he bought at a book in an orphanage and he doesn't actually know anything. He's a dumb guy. Uh, I mean, he didn't even know how to make detonators. Come on, man. It's easy. Go on Google. Google it up. What's wrong with you? You can post videos on the internet, but you can't Google how to make a detonator. Embarrassing. I can't even imagine you as a villain. The, uh, I'm looking at, I'm looking at the pictures of uh of the Batmobile. For looks like Riddler this... figured out Batman's identity in Batman Hush. What the fuck is Batman Hush? One of the five billion porn? Batmans that have been made. It says <laughs> yes, the Riddler figured out, and when he realized he was going to jail, he threatened to expose his identity. So Batman asked him a riddle. What time is it when an elephant sits on your fence? The Riddler replies, time to get a new fence. Everyone knows that riddle. Batman said, exactly. The greatest riddle is who is Batman? Is If everyone knows the answer, you aren't special anymore. The Riddler started to say something, realized Batman was right, then clammed up. He was arrested and never carried out on his threat. But by being the only person in the rogues gallery to figure it out, he's special and unique. And Riddler cherishes that more than the harm he can do to Bruce Wayne. There's ex-machina explanations, man. I just... That's just... I don't... Yeah, that doesn't sound like a very good... <laughs> that sounds worse than the super intelligence one somehow. How did you make like a the worse with fucking the elephant. reveal? I like the part with the elephant. That was good. But the rest... <laughs> time to, time more... to get a new fence. <laughs> I mean, I've there's never a heard lot that. of Batman continuity. 
But uh, yeah, I was, I was gonna say like I, I think the Riddler would have figured out his identity. There's usually the one or two really smart characters yeah. that have figured it out at some point. Riddler's stupid. Uh, he had Dumby. Well, I found him doing it, so. Well, that's bad Check writing. Me. But he is notoriously <laughs> wow, okay. stupid. What, what do you say? Wow, okay. Writing? If you have if you have like two instances where he does it. And every other instance, he's a fucking idiot. Then his character's a fucking idiot, and someone else decided yeah, to, to solve it change once. things up. No. no. Well, no, because they're different people. <laughs> every time. Every Batman story is a different Batman. It's never the same Batman. Because uh, otherwise, that would be nightmare fuel. How do you, how do you <laughs> confabulate all... all like was these it Batman different or Wolverine Batmans that died, but then came back to life as a caveman in the past and had to live through... Yes. I guess it was Wolverine, because he had to live forever. Yeah. Yeah, there's a there's a yeah, there's a Batman that time traveled. Yes. Wait, is it both? That is a thing. Uh it's just it, you just have to you have to accept that like Anyway, they, everyone argue about Batman continuity in the comments. Tell us who's right about everything and it's, also it's wrong. It's definitely not but me. Import, most importantly, the five hundred comments. Everybody mm -hmm. liked the new Batman movie, but that's to be expected. It felt All right, we're, at, we're felt literally like out of questions. Good. Send your questions to dialogchoicespodcast at gmail.com or else. We'll them about not them because they are not in our inbox. That's pretty. It's a pretty naked threat. <laughs> See you guys <laughs> next week. Fair. Goodbye. Bye bye.